Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dubbing Up 410. It's AW Revolution, and it's the pre show. And I have the pleasure today to say that I am joined by the entire WNR team for the very first time. So let's introduce them up first in the WNR's prediction for this year. It is Monty. How's it going? Oh man, thank you. Keep I'm gonna have to keep these predictions up, man, because that's gonna be how you gonna introduce me every week. <laughs> then yeah, I'm, I just gotta keep I gotta keep balling out. I can't you, you put a lot you put a little pressure on me there. But anyway, I want I, I, you call this is the revolution pre-show, but I must implore you, James, that you have to start just starting the, the recording before we ever actually record because that pre-show coming into this show. Oh my goodness, the viewers! Oh man, we got some special <laughs> stuff coming for y'all. I promise you. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> well, let's peek behind the curtain there. Uh, we talk about predictions, and up next, she has promised to win Revolution. So that is big words indeed. But always by myself oh. for AEW shows. Ooh. It is Jaxie. Are you still confident? Yes, yes. No, I'm not at all. Did you see how horribly I performed on the on on the past uh, WWE one um, at Elimination Chamber? I suck. So um, I've got no hope whatsoever that I've got this in the bag. But do you know what? I'm I must still try. Well, to be fair, it's not our. This is a cunt. So you know what I mean. But we try and move on. From... Yeah, exactly. Miss <laughs> let us down. Yeah, yeah Peter, boy, you can't. He fucked us right over. Uh, and the newest <laughs> member of Team WNR, yeah, of course, Ricky Starks will always be first for her. It is genius, Gina. Gina, how are you? I bet you are. I'm really excited about the AW pay-per-view tonight. Um, definitely. Thanks for having me again. This is becoming more and more enjoyable each time. And, uh, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to this. It's such a stacked uh match card out there for us and I'm, I'm ready to jump into this without doubt now last but by no means least a man who has made his grand return uh, for the impact last week and many people asked if it was really him after his insanely positive review <laughs> it's the only <laughs> ultimate one how's it going man yo 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 the 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 forbidden podcast is in the house um yeah i know i know a lot of people were like, <laughs> surprised with my with my review on the No Surrender show. And like I was saying before we all got started, you know, Impact produced, you know, the, these uh, weekly shows that led to No Surrender, and they did a pretty good job. Yes, it was a 10. And I'm saying it again. I wasn't drunk last week. It was a 10. Well, it's great to have you, and I'm sure today's show will be a 10. But first, we should do introductions, because, of course, Ulmer One, meet Gina, and Gina, meet Ulmer One. This first two, uh, first time you both are doing a podcast together. Hi, Gina. How are you? Yeah. Uh, a pleasure meeting you. You sound like, and I'm going to be confused between Joxie and you, because y'all sound alike. And, ain't y'all twins? <laughs> We are, yeah, we are. So this is going to be difficult. Thanks, James. You know, you make things very hard. You know that. So, you know, you know. I'm yeah, we definitely like, share the same voice. Yes, and you know, you see how he starts shit. He starts stuff. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But uh, it's a pleasure meeting you, and I'm glad that you're part of the WNR team. Um, and yes, you're gonna see me, Bass James, and his, you know, WWE Mark all the time. Every time he tries to put WWE on top of the pedestal when he knows they're not. 
Well, anyway, <laughs> I should say it's weird because the Ultimate One has really shenanigans and stuff like this, and I have been accused of this in the past few shows by Jaxie, Gina, and Monty. So I'm glad the four of you have common about me trying to make trouble, but I'll try not to. And of course, I'm loving this right now. And on today's show, we have a dynamite and rampage running through the card and predictions but we're gonna start with news and up first gina because it's probably the most important thing to happen in professional wrestling uh this past month ricky starks's birthday how did you celebrate it oh gosh you don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) oh t-shirt and i went to work that's how i celebrated (laughs) But I did do a nice tweet and shout out for him. Yes, that was lovely. And of course, I would say we know you're Ricky Starks' number one fan. Next bit of news story (laughs) is money, 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 basically. And it's WWE, of course, I'm a mark for it. But they brought in record-breaking revenue for the first time ever. And they made a revenue of $1 billion uh, during the quarter of 2021 up 12% increase. So if anybody's worried let's, let's, about WWE going out of business, oh, well, why don't you take this one? Go on. Let's, let's, be, let's be realistic. And, 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 and the rest of the team is going to agree with me, okay? Their product <laughs> is not making the money. And I put it that way. They, they shows are not making the money. What's making the money is advertisers and companies that want to be part of WWE because – the brand itself, if you put a WWE logo on any company that has some type of working, you're going to make money. That's that's what they do, you know. But the, let's be realistic. Yeah, they make they they boasting they get all this money, one billion dollars, whatever. This time. But let's be realistic. Now, I have shares on WWE. This time last year, they had over 70, almost 80 dollars a share. They're still struggling to this day from 45 to 50 dollars per share. So what that tells me, that tells me they're not really making money in in-house shows. They're not making, definitely in-house shows, they're not making money here in the United States because the last one, I think that the worst one they ever did was in San Francisco on a $10,000, uh, 10,000 seat um, uh, marina. They only brought in 3000 for Raw. So all that money they're making, of course they're making money from the Saudi Arabia deal. They're making it, uh, money out of the USA network, they're doing money on the Fox Sports, and they're doing money on all, all the other, you know, these companies that they're making, you know, some type of, you know, uh, streaming device or whatever it is. That's when they're making the money. They're not making the money with the fans. Let's just imagine. Just imagine if they did. They'd be making two billion oh, a year. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We cannot imagine because if we start imagining, <laughs> that means that we're in a fantasy land when in reality, that's what's going on right now. They're not making money with the fans. Because why? Because they don't give a rat's ass about the fans. All they care is about making money. Because if they made, they made uh, if they care about the fans, the product will be better every Monday night, every Friday night. And I don't be bored to death and almost got to be, you know, almost fucking <laughs> sick you need to give it up, man. You need to stop that. Just like, am, am I wrong when I'm saying What does everybody else say? A business well, topic got back on the product, boy. by the way. A business topic got us on the product. <laughs> no, uh, I, 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 I don't disagree with the fact that the actual stuff that they put on TV may not be like billion-dollar wrestling. You know, it's not like 
the you know the most entertaining thing in the world. But like, I mean, it's a business. It's a wrestling business, and if they're making money, that's I think that like you said that they only care about making money. Well, it ain't too many businesses, especially in America. There's not yeah, all about man. making yeah. money, so well, I don't really is... differentiate them. The interesting thing either. as well, sorry to interrupt, but the next bit of news story as well was Vincent Mann on the Pat McAfee show. And he was yeah. saying basically during it that it is a business now and he has to look at it like that. And there were times where maybe he looked with his heart, his head. And I know it's an easy excuse to kind of, you know, release talent, make sure, but he needs to make the W profitable. And it's the most profitable it's ever been, no matter who was, you know, the champion or what part of business it was. At this point in time, it's never made more money. You know, and you can see that with Vince saying maybe the product's maybe not, you know, he's not going to say the product's not as good, but he knows he's been there and done that and, you know, he's working hard. And I thought the Pat McAfee interview was really interesting because obviously Pat was going to ask the hard-hitting questions, but to get to see what Vince is actually like. Did anybody get a chance to see the Pat McAfee interview before we move on? No, I mean, but I, but I, I read some of yeah, Well, I haven't seen it, so. So, Jackson, you... I haven't seen it. Yeah, I saw parts of it. I saw, I saw, uh, the, you know, sort of the section when they were discussing like Michael Cole uh, and when um, <laughs> Michael Cole was just irrelevant and boring and shit. Yeah, just a bad it. person. <laughs> a bad person. I mean, it I have to agree. It's you know, crazy. Uh, well, Bailey agreed uh, as well, I guess. Yeah, she loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that. I loved seeing that. <laughs> I didn't finish it, but I watched a, a chunk of it, and I, I got a like I said, it was really good. It's always cool to see people like Vince talk like that. You know, you know, you never get to see Vince, like they said the first time since what, like two thousand and seven or something like that. Yeah, like, it's been a long time since Stone you've done Cold it. On a sit down. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot. And even then, that one was you can kind of look at maybe was kind of kayfabe, even though he was kind of like this one felt like had nothing to do with the show. Other than him telling Pat McAfee he had a match, so you know uh, it was like I said, it was kind of cool to to get to hear from him because, like I said, you just rarely get to hear his perspective on stuff. It was nice. It was kind of cool to hear that everyone who complains about WWE on social media, you're—I promise you, Vince McMahon does not see what you say. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. If you really think they're listening because you're tweeting it out, I'm sorry. It's yeah, not, they're not. They're not listening to you at all. Okay, yeah, so they don't. They don't care. <laughs> He just said, I read some of the comments from uh, from the podcast, and they, like I read a little bit of on it, and it's, he talks about he loves confrontations, and, and yeah. you know, and he loves, but he didn't mention nothing about he loves competition. He said he loves confrontation. So I don't know, when he says confrontation, I don't know what he, is he talking about competition, or he's talking about he loves, you know, the, the challenges, you know? But, yeah. but in reality, he wants to talk about it's, it's a business. Yes, it is a business, but still, you have to, you have to take care of your fans, because your fan base, oh, if yeah. those fans were not there right now, WWE would not exist today, you know? But, you know, that's basically, man, he's, he's like I said, he's out of touch. And well, he, he even says that the people's perception of him is not being hip and out of touch, and he says he doesn't really care. He's just trying to focus on the product. Thank you. The two... That's right. well, my he, point, James. Yeah, he's pretty upset. Two, he only cares about money. The two main I mean, points this is that he's going to be inducting the Untaker into the Hall of Fame, uh, maybe a little bit surprised yeah. thinking other people. And the other one, of course, Mont, you touched on it, is Pat McAfee having a match. It looks like from SmackDown, it might be Austin Theory. What are your thoughts on that? Austin Theory. 
Oh, it's way better than what I initially heard about Vince getting back in the ring. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> when I people were saying Vince was going to do it, I was like, "Are you crazy, man?" Yeah, that was, the, take that, a was the, that was the first report that he that Vince McMahon ring. But I he's think, a tough old man, but he is not taking bumps right now. I don't care what nobody says. I think. <laughs> I think Austin Theory is going to be the one that's going to end up in the ring with Pat McAfee. Whatever. That makes sense, though. I don't mind it. I don't know if it's WrestleMania worthy. They, you know, maybe if they do something with it story wise, it can be. But uh, Pat McAfee will surprise you, though. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it'll probably still be entertaining because he actually manages. Because even the segment on SmackDown, he, I thought the way Pat sold it was really entertaining. Uh, after he yeah. got slapped, if you didn't watch SmackDown, so yeah, like I thought that was really really cool. So. I didn't. I don't mind it. Like, again, I don't know if it's WrestleMania quality, but it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, they they suffer right I, now. I feel like, I feel like a little bit like a, you know, for like one of those ones where if you're in the crowd, it's kind of like, oh, I can contemplate, you know, going for a bathroom break or grabbing a beer during this time. <laughs> I'm not not saying that it's 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 a total, you know, waste of time type of match. I mean, I think Pat McAfee proved me wrong in his sort of uh, feud with Adam Cole and everything that, like, you know, he's got what it takes to actually uh, put on an, an entertaining match. Um, but at the same time, it, I feel like it is just there as a filler match between sort of important matches. Uh, so for me, I thought it was quite entertaining just seeing the reaction from Pat McAfee. Um, but... Yeah, it's not exactly like I, I'm stoked to see this match at WrestleMania. No, it'd be interesting uh, to see what happens there, Jake. though. Go on. Whatever happened, whatever happened with, with WWE um, doing uh, between January and April doing storylines. It seems like they doing all this uh, 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 WrestleManias like 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 these these matches very quick. Like they're just throwing in there. There aren't hardly no storylines. No, but I think mm. this has been the problem with well with the past few years is the fact that WWE sells the tickets, not the people. WrestleMania is the event that will be sold out no matter who main events. Right. And I think until it gets to a point where, you know, back in the day when Hogan was bringing people People to the building. Yeah, like you said, and still people stop. It's even the fans in AEW go to WrestleMania and stuff like this until they stop going to the Hall of Fame ceremonies and buy. It's what CM Punk said. Stop buying the cups with the with the posters of your favorite not on there. Stop buying the video game there. You know, turn against them, start going. But we're not because that's the only way that you're actually seeing effect. Because every mania I've been to, I've met people from like other countries who just like, yep. I travel. I was coming. I've had these tickets set up since last WrestleMania. So, like, it's like that. It's really people who have. They, they could care less what the card is. They're going to WrestleMania. You know, as yeah. long as it's like that, they're gonna always make make money around this time of year. And, they, and I think they make a lot of money internationally. That's also why they're making so much money. Yeah. yeah uh, no I, I don't down. think they're making as much as much as United States because you know, uh, United States over here, that we're more judgmental and we follow them more here that whereas let's say if you go to india and they have a major a big car they don't care what the storyline is as long as they get to see the <laughs> right. or, well or, also or, the difference to american fans if you get 48 weeks of live wrestling a week and we might get four even raw and smack yeah so it is like if a show comes here a pay-per-view it's going to be sold out because we don't see it as often and like you said with saudi or india or people like that there's still kind of room for maneuver, but we'll move on because Veer on the road to nowhere. This is an unwanted WWE record tied. <laughs> of course, we've been following 
historian of Dublin for a very long time, Veer Mahan, uh, who is every week has been coming to Raw, uh, which is quite an impressive record considering it's the 25th of October was the very first video. And if you're wondering, is this the longest? Well, it is going to take over from Emmalina when it was to Neil Dashworth's repackaging from Emma. <laughs> that was between the 3rd of October oh, 2016 and the 13th of February 2017. But now it looks like Vera Man is going to beat it. Gina, can they just carry on doing this forever? I mean, I, I would be surprised if they did carry it on forever. But Jesus Christ, somebody give the guy a map. You know, it's, it's just, just how long it's been, and it's just—it's like they're just running. They're—they're they're taking the piss now and continuing it. But it is a little bit out of order on their wanting to actually maybe do something with his career rather than just be a little highlight that he's coming and a running joke. So it would be nice to see their actually arrive, and I'm going to make the biggest deal of it when he does. The pop is going to rival Triple H's at Madison Square Garden when he came back from injury. Like that, that pop there is for me. Imagine that pop for like a for like a five minute spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that shows you that if they delay his, you know, arrival supposedly, that means they don't have no clue what idea, what storyline they're going to give him, and he may not even he may not even show up. Sorry, Gina. He may not show up. <laughs> he, might, he, may need, he, may need, he may need a key to get in through the door, and the door is locked. Well, we laugh. So, it yeah. happened to yeah. Harry Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just keep playing the vignettes, and then one day announce him going to the Hall of Fame, like his career <laughs> is over or something. <laughs> oh, he, he's going to be the other inductee with the Undertaker. It's going to be Veer and the Undertaker. <laughs> he's going to be the bodyguard. Undertaker's <laughs> All he was always coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're going to move on to arrivals because there's been a big story in WWE. Well, I say we're a rival with a re-signing, basically. And that is AJ Styles signing a new contract. Expected to pay him over $3 million a year. Uh, there's word between it's going to be a three or a five-year deal. He's 44 years at this moment in time. <laughs> but uh, I would say, Jaxi, this can only be a good thing for WWE. Yeah, I mean, like, they're kind of lucky. A lot of people are choosing to go, nah, I'm going to jump ship. And considering the type of news that we've just recently had come from Tony Khan on Wednesday, um, yeah. you know, th th there's so much scope and, and potential, you know, uh, places now. There's so many more places than, than were available to for people to kind of jump over and cross over. So, yeah, it, it is a little bit... It's a, it's one of those things that I think um, wasn't. A, it, I I I thought he may, you know, seek other stuff, but turns out that's not true. It's one of the few people actually that's joined WWE who has kind of gone from strength to strength and even a position. Uh, not maybe on the card, but with Vincent Mann, just you could maybe say maybe ten wrestlers look to be really happy in WWE, and AJ Styles would be one of them. <laughs> one yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah. But AJ, but AJ um, see, the, the I mean, last. The last contract he signed, supposedly, I remember what he signed. He said that he was going to retire after that. That was his last contract. But apparently, I guess, 
You know, and in reality, he's not going to go to AEW. He's not going to go to Ring of Honor. He's he said he wanted to work backstage anyway, too. Like, when he was done, he was talk, talking about working backstage. And the free I mean, minute doesn't hurt. You, and I was just about to say, like, every, no one mentioned it yet, James, but that's all I was thinking about. I'm like, man, AEW, man, Tony better guarantee me more than $3 million, dude. <laughs> You also got to remember, like, there's been so many talk, so many sort of discussions about Bullet Club turning up here, there, and everywhere, and we've seen so many drops of yeah. like Jay White and stuff. It really, like, it, it came as a, a yeah. bit of a not a shock, I'd say, that he resigned, but a, a bit of a disappointment because I thought, well, do you know what? We saw Jay White just kind of recently turn up on AEW. I wonder whether or not like a a full Bullet Club reunion could could happen with AJ Styles coming over to sort of AEW potentially um, but Three yeah I think that's, that's yeah I didn't even know AJ Styles contract was up so you know I, I didn't even know that so Sweet. I mean um, mm. you know the thing with the Jay White thing I mean that's going to be interesting very interesting where that's going to go with that whole Bullet Club Japan and here that's, that's the real but as far as I, I didn't AJ, I didn't even know AJ's contract was up because I, I in my head was he remember when he the last contract he signed he said after this contract I'm done I'm not gonna wrestle no more. But you know, he probably ha- he's happy where he's at you know and and you know and McMahon likes AJ so he's not he's not letting him go nowhere you know he'll probably give him he he gave him three he could have gave him five for three you know and he would have been still upset. Imagine <laughs> well, three. So, I'm not. I was going to say you turn that down, but another man, <laughs> another man who has resigned with WWE, it seems in a backstage uh, capacity working with the creative team, is Drake Maverick. He, oh God! You know he loves he, it there. By the way, <laughs> yeah, Drake. He's very close to my heart, but when's he going to learn? Get dropped to come back. Yeah. How many times the man got fired? Three times already. Is at least two. Like, there's got to be a time where you start to question your own pride in this. He hated system. Impact, I believe. I'm just joking, but... <laughs> like, he he been, never he wants must... to be spud again. He never, never wants to be spud again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they did even worse with him, like, here. I mean, you got to ask the question, does he feel that he can't wrestle no more and he feels that he can't go in the independent scene and wrestle out there? I mean, I'm sure there's guys out there they're about the same height as him, who's probably in the independent scene that I seen. And, you know, but why stay with WWE? They fired you three times. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you have you have you have no honor to yourself? I don't know. Little poor spud, right? Well, I'll tell you another one. Man, it's a consistent uh, chick. I can't judge that, man. Someone who has been released by WWE after 30 years. And if you're a long-term fan of WWE, you will know this guy. It is Carlos Cabrera. Of course, the uh, larger-than-alive Spanish uh, language announcer. Uh, he has been released. Of course, he used to be with Hugo Savanovic uh, in every WWE pay-per-view. The table did break. You lost thinking game case, that in, night. Yeah, in case you guys don't remember, it's the guy who's always commentary where the fucking guys get thrown in, 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 through the table. He's, you know, the guy, right? The first one they show, Cabr- Carlos Cabrera. Sideways off the chair. It's the best best bump ever. You see him falling sideways off the chair after the table has been broken. Uh, he's been yeah. with WWE, <laughs> the Spanish language program, since 1993. Uh, of course, paired with Hugo hey. until 2011. Uh, and was with Michael Rodriguez, but he was also uh, 
doing every WrestleMania since WrestleMania 10 back in 94. Uh, so yeah. that will be a miss. And it's a bit upsetting, really, yeah. because, I mean, he is like a, a a legend in a way, like Howard Finkel. Never a wrestler, mm-hmm. but you'll always remember him, especially with the attitude. Yeah. But, he's, but he got a job already. He's already in AAA. He's oh, a, he's back then. with was <laughs> he, 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 he lost the job. Oh, we felt too bad for him He lost a job on Monday. On Tuesday, he already had a job in Mexico in AAA. So where who goes to Mexico? Hey, he got a strong resume though too. Like that's a strong uh, resume, man. Of course, he don't have to even interview. Like hell yeah, you can come work with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they come up. Uh, so we'll move on more departures, and this was really shocking actually. Uh, when we found out that Cesaro was unable to come to an agreement for a new contract and quietly left uh, WWE, of course, 41 years and a guy who I think, as a group, we'd all agree should have been a world champion, and WWE really dropped the ball. Uh, Jaxie, what do you think of Cesaro leaving? Because it, it's a huge loss. I mean, it came as a shock, yes, but um, it didn't come as any surprise. Um, they underutilized him for so long. You know, we actually thought we were getting a snippet or, you know, a, a chance at excitement, um, seeing sort of his push when it came to the Seth Rollins run. Um, and it was such an exciting run between the two. They worked so well together. Um, you know, everyone kind of was really enjoying the the run and the push that was that Cesaro was getting, just to kind of see it fade very, very quickly and without reason. Um, it, if anything, I'm kind of excited now to see which promotion he ends up in, as long as he's utilized in the right way. Everyone knows how talented this man is, and it's a real shame that WWE did not capitalize not once on him. Um, is a, is a disappointment from a wrestling point of view, especially someone who obviously has been a fan of WWE and what they've done with a lot of uh, their wrestlers in the past. Um, I'm just really eager to see him turn up in a, in, in a new promotion. Yeah, I think we all agree there. You know, I think it's a hell of a talent, you know, and um, I mean, where we want him to show up, I know it's all well and good saying AEW, but I mean, like I said, he could go anywhere and fit in with the kind of style that he does, he has. He's the guy. He's the guy yeah. that I think impact. I think he's the guy that impact could replace with Josh Alexander. He he could be the guy that could take over that spot that Josh Alexander left because I think he'd be better off in Impact. Uh, I mean. Not everybody could go to AEW, you know what I'm saying? Because that's they got too many wrestlers. But Impact could use them, and, and um, you know, and, and take that spot where he could challenge moves for the world title. Mm. And you know, what I'm saying that'd be a good match to see. Because Cesaro again, yeah. twelve years he was there. The guy did so many stuff. I mean, I remember when he took Great Khali and 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 beat Great Khali with his finishing move. Khali's like seven foot seven. The guy has strength. Mm. He was a great tag team champion with uh, him and Sheamus. That tag team could have went so far. You know, they could have won at least another yeah. eight title reigns. The way they, they, the chemistry was great. Uh, but Cesaro, I think he should go to Impact. Impact will definitely, if they know how to utilize him, they'll benefit from him being a big you know, part of the company. I think 
without doubt, you know. Uh, we'll move on to more serious matters because one of the biggest news stories in the past couple of weeks, of course, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, this is the first time podcast, probably be the last time as well, because I am not uh, educated enough to give a kind of idea or anything like this at all. Unlike, of course, Hall of Famer Kane, who is uh, Mayor Ben <laughs> Jacobs. Uh, because he is a guy who knows obviously more than I do and he tweeted out if you're on the left and you're shocked by Putin's aggression wake up sunshine historically in the real world might makes right weakness which is really what the left is all about it's not a virtue it's a fatal character flaw and no the US should not get involved uh, luckily for uh, humanity, uh, Hangman Adam Page, the <laughs> AW World Champion, uh, <laughs> commented with the UNICEF support children of Ukraine, the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund, and 10 ruthless chair shots came to, to the head. Uh, Monty, <laughs> this is incredible. Page won the internet. <laughs> oh, man. it was That was just a perfect response. Like I don't, like, I don't even think anyone needed to say anything else other than like that, that was just a great way to respond to it, you know, uh, because obviously whatever Kane had going on or, you know, Glenn in this case, uh, <laughs> I don't want to think about Kane saying this. Kane is just a, a monster in my like. Like this is this is the fun, funny thing when it happens to someone like Kane, because other than this, like Kane's legacy is like great as far as I know. Like everybody loves Kane. And then, like, you have one of these situations like this, and then you just, like, ah, oh, man. It's just, like, one of them times where it's like, why do you have to say anything about this? This has, like, you're the, good, like, you're the mayor of in Tennessee. This has nothing to do with you. Like, this is just a state in the United States. Like, why why do you even have to say anything? But, you know, uh, I love Hangman's response, and I just think it's the perfect way to retort to this because obviously something is going on in his head for him to just have to even say anything like that, much less retorting or trying to go back and forth with some, you know, that thought process. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, what a bell end, you know. It's just unbelievable. It's like unnecessary, bro. <laughs> I said, I said, you know what? You know, it, you know. Don't I'm agree. Much... <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, it's crazy because it's, what I don't understand is some of these wrestlers, they know they, they – they big, not big time, but they in the map. And any little thing you say, right? It's people are gonna be like, "What are you talking?" Especially when there are people dying in in this war. <laughs> Come you know on, bro. You're gonna make a stupid ass comment like that just because you're the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee? Unprovoked, you know? by the way. You know, yeah, unprovoked. And, uh, and it's like, why you even have to say? If you got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all because it's the it, you. You know, people are going to take, you know, have backlash against you. No matter if your name is Kane or Fame or Dane, whatever, you, they're going to attack you because you, that's that was an insensitive tweet. And I'm glad that Hangman came and, and said that, you know, the, the, the 10 chair shots in the head, whatever. But he should have just stood quiet and shut the hell up. I mean, he, I mean, hasn't he learned from Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan, well, you know what I'm saying? It's stupid. The thing so, with like, Kane, the thing with Kane is, think the WWE officials are backstage and going, "I wonder who we're going to get to induct the Undertaker into the Hall of Fame." It can't, it, maybe <laughs> Kane. Oh wait, but have you seen Twitter? All right, Vince can do it. Like, do that's know, a great think, point. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it's probably a good move. To and how ironic, right? They came made that comment about the whole Russian invasion, and all that, and like two days later, WWE all of a sudden suspend Russia's 
uh, high contracts and the <laughs> WWE Network over there. Good one. Okay. You know, they don't want nobody. They were like, oh, my God. They don't want no part of it. They don't want no part of that because that's bad publicity. You know what I'm saying? That's real bad publicity. They're well, not stupid. We, like yeah. I said, we normally have uh, some crazy news, you know, but if we try and pick them out, if it's not uh, like the kind of the gang war in Mexican wrestling, it would be certainly <laughs> Sunny, of course, trying to stab a partner today. This month, it is former UFC fighter Cain Velasquez, uh, who, of course... Oh, there we go. He shouts about it. <laughs> look, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> don't... don't... Don't ruin the story. Oh, Rick my fault. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. He is, of course, Russell Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia, former UFC heavyweight champion, and was charged with 10 counts, including a first-degree attempted murder <laughs> and assault with a deadly weapon after allegedly ramming yeah. and shooting a gun into a vehicle carrying a man accused of molesting one of Lesky's young relatives. Uh, apparently, yeah. the charges were for one felony of lewd on uh, an act with a child under 14, and he's accused of ramming his truck into the vehicle and then shooting, like I said, multiple times. And it said that the stepfather mm-hmm. was shot by Velasquez. He's found a. Well, well, I got something to say about this case because I work in a, a district attorney's office here in New York. Um, and his defense, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for feeling the way he did. <laughs> For the simple fact that the guy uh, supposedly, allegedly molested one of his um, family members, or whatever, and then on top of that, he was accused of molesting of another young girl, but they let him go because you know the law system here in America sucks and whatnot. Yeah. You know, it's, so yeah. you know, <laughs> it's understandable that you know me being being a father of three girls and and, and you know. And to know that someone actually tried to harm one of my kids and the court system didn't mm-hmm. do anything. So I feel mm-hmm. his his anger and, you know, want to take him out. But, I mean, he chased the guy down the freaking freeway, which was the most of the shit you did. And then to top it off, he shot from a vehicle. So that's right there. Yeah. The thing that's is, the is again, I understand your point about wanting to protect your family if you anything horrible. If you take the law into your hands... If it was someone who was kind of, you know, normal way and using the gun, fine. But if it's a former UFC heavyweight champion, and just beat the fuck out of him. Like, it's it's very simple. Yes. Like, like, you won't have the you gun charges. Either. You won't have anything you against you. You can't do that either. Not here in America. Because if you beat the shit out of him, right, your hands are lethal weapon. You can't. You're a UFC fighter, so you grab the guy, you're going to beat the shit, you're going to kill him too. It's either way, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, even if you beat the shit out of him, now you're going to be charged. If the guy dies, now you're going to be charged with manslaughter. So, again, I don't agree with him taking the, 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 you know, the, the law into his hand, but I understand what his feelings and how he felt because not only this guy was charged with molesting a family member, plus he was another child, another younger child, but the, the, the court system let him walk. And that's the part that... Yeah, I heard he was, like, out on bail or whatever for it, um, on posted bail. And it's kind of like, I have to agree, like, I understand why he decided to take justice into his own hands when justice has already failed one mm-hmm. child um, that has happened to. Uh, but obviously, it, it's not okay to take the law into your own hands, you know? Uh, so it, it's it's hard because, of, you know, I'm one of four girls. I, I know for a fact, considering my father taught taekwondo and kickboxing, he now works for the police. Um 
I know that my father wouldn't take things into his own hands, but at the same time, I think if something like that were to happen, it wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, blame him if, if this sort of thing happened, because, you know, what are you meant to do when the the justice system fails you uh, and you've got this amount of sort of anger towards someone who's actually hurt your family? Um, Yeah, it's a difficult situation, really, but... It's not an easy situation at all because, you know, you know, you watch there and you see the the justice system fail you and whatnot. So now you're like, okay, this guy's walking around thinking that he... If he's not gonna, hurt, you know, he got away with what, what with my family member, another child, he's gonna go out there and hurt another one because these are sick people. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, exactly, and, and, exactly. and he's getting away with it. Yeah, so it's it's, it's crazy. So, well, know, let's, I, I mean, let's... I feel bad for him, but you know. Yeah, I mean, Wanda Rousey already said she would have done exactly the same thing. So I think this is, if he's convicted of this, he's going to spend many years in prison being with just to see what I do think that he's still going to be respected within like his, his community because I think that there are a lot of people out there who feel wronged by the justice system. And I feel like a lot of people will understand why he took things the way he did. Um, and it, it's hard because it's always going to be 50-50 a flip sort of a, a outlook on things but uh ultimately people are going to actually praise what he did yeah and yeah, don't be surprised don't be surprised if if he uh he gets acquitted because you can think about it, if he takes it to trial mm. people are going to feel sorry for the fact that he you know he took it you know the law into his hand because the law failed and you know they'd yeah, be like exactly. well, you know he deserved to walk because he was defending his family well, like I said, yeah, if anything exactly. does happen uh, and he does go to prison, I don't think anything will happen to him there because, obviously, like I said, former UFC champion. But we'll move on and try a bit more positive. No one's going to fuck with him. No, no, no one's, who's going to try that? Like, again, I don't want to end on buggery, but that's not going to happen to him there, is it? So, uh, so we'll move on from uh, buggery to Matt Cardona uh, because, <laughs> I mean, that was nice. Uh, he, the MVP. Professional wrestling. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about this now, one because ten pounds of gold. Of course, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Cardona actually won it uh, on February. I think it was the twelfth. Uh, they said, and he did win. Of course, against Trevor Murdoch. So, um, one, you were ra- waxing lyrical about Mark Cardona. Why is it such a big deal? He's won the NWA World Title. Well, let me put it this way: Cardona, right now. Cardona's walking around with seven different titles. When you talk about belt collector, that's the belt collector. He just won another title up here in New York. Okay, this guy since he left WWE, he has uh, pretty much, I could say, transformed into the wrestler that he wants to be. His whole character, this heel persona that he got on, and we spoke about this on the No Surrender when he first came to Impact. I didn't like it because they had him in this. You know, like intergender matches with him and his current wife now. But you've seen the real Cardona. I mean, he, you saw, uh, I don't know if anybody saw the GCW match with him and Nick Cates, which was crazy. I think that's, I think that was the ma- his biggest match of last year. And he has taken that match, that momentum from there and taking it to the indie scene and winning titles all over the place. Winning him winning the NWA title, I had a, I had a feeling he was going to beat Trevor Murdoch. Because, I, first of all, I'll, I'll be the first one to say I wasn't happy with Trevor Murdoch beating Nick Aldis. I just think they did that whole thing because Murdoch praises Harley Race. 
and you know, and how NWA NWA goes for the back in the day stuff. But I had a feeling Cardona was gonna win the belt. He deserves it. The guy, you know, even though the NWA world title right now is not recognized like the way it's supposed to be recognized because the people that are running NWA, but Cardona deserves it. Cardona right now, he's still to me the MVP. That 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 momentum he carried from 2021 to now, he's still carrying it. Well, like I said, it's interesting times for Cardona. Like I said, digital media champion, NWA world champion. So we'll see. Uh, what happens with that along the way. Uh, Monty, one of the things we talked about in the last NXT pods uh, was the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, and the fact that I got an email in from someone saying it's actually worse than we thought it was. Because uh, starting back from January 31st, 2013, there are only three teams who have won the gold uh, who are actually still in as a tag team. Those are the Wall Raiders... Uh, Mustache Mountain yeah. was NXT UK and the Street Profits. Mm-hmm. So that means that of yep. 25... Oh, and Imperium and MSK. I'm lying to you. I just saw them there as new ones. So five out of 25. Uh, but there are so many teams that are just not here anymore or elsewhere, like Sanity with Eric Young and Alexander Wolf, the Authors of Pain, DIY, The Arrival, American Alpha, Four Vinians, Blake Dragons, The Ascension, Neville and Graves... And the White family, all <laughs> not apart. It's, Red it's, Dragon. it's Dragon. awful what they've done. Yeah, Red Dragon were a part of that list as well. That didn't go out anywhere. Uh, and they're then gone. we've got, like we said, the Bros of Weights, of course, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn, uh, Bree Zango and Lorcan and Birch uh, have been recently yep. released as well. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's tough times. Why do you think NXT tag teams struggle on the move up? I have no clue. I really don't. Um, you know, it's because it, it's so random. You know, some teams get split up. Some teams are like AOP and was was a million bucks in NXT. And then when they come to the main roster, a couple of mishaps here and there, and then you never see them again. You know, or then the injuries, you know, some unfortunate luck too there. But still, you know, it's just like, it's just weird when you think about it. Like, it, for some for some reason, it doesn't matter Whatever, whether they break up in NXT before they get to the main roster, like DIY, like whatever it is, like it's just all it's 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 all you can specific situations, like you can just break them all down and you can come up why this is you know this is what it is. But also, this does also make sense because now think about it this way: look at the main roster and who are like statistically the two greatest tag teams in WWE history will be the Usos in the New Day because they will always be together and always be the two top teams in their division because there's never a development of new teams, really. Like, like they're, they, they've tried. Like, yeah, the Street Profits, we can accept. And, you know, and everyone else is, you know, makeshift. Like, Otis and <laughs> Otis and Gable come from two – Two teams that we, you know, we just like two two different NXT teams, like uh, you know, like you said, Alpha Academy, and then uh, you know, Gable has been in like another one with Shelton Benjamin too. Like anyway, I, the tag division has been a mess, like all for a long time, other than the Usos and the New Day, and then, like I said, certain bright spots. But yeah, now a lot of them are gone, so it's it's just it's, it's insane, man. It's it insane. is it is awful, awful times. And uh, another thing. Uh, that as we wanted to talk about and we're going to discuss as a group but first we'll start with Gina I think would be fair is this is awesome chance uh the thing about this is awesome chance is it's great when the match is awesome 
but too many right. times <laughs> they come in too early. We're going to go round. Oh, my God. We're going to go round for the group them. workout. So, Gina, what can we do about this is awesome chance? Do we change the chance? Do we, do we not use it anymore? What would you like to see instead? I mean, I think I think that this is awesome chance should just be reduced to matches that are actually mind-blowing, you know, and deserve the this is awesome chance. Sometimes people just chant that because they like the two wrestlers in the ring. It doesn't necessarily mean that the match is actually good. You, you want one of those ones where you're literally just constantly like, whoa, whoa, like reacting. You just can't help but just, you know, be lively throughout it and there are some dead matches out there that have had some this is awesome chance and it's just one of those really moments like really you're giving them a this is awesome chance um i just think we need to reduce them and only call it out when when we see fit i i would say as well and again i know i'm gonna have four people turn against me but I think AEW's probably been the biggest uh, proponent of this is awesome. Charles, don't get me wrong. The action has been really good. But again, when's it become good to awesome? Jaxie, where's the this is awesome chance annoyed you the most? And what would you do to combat it? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I have to agree with with a bit of what Gina said. However, um, I, th- I do have to agree with what you said at kind of when it comes to AEW and I feel like it's just something that can't really be helped when it comes from uh, the universe itself you know that the fans themselves you know is as and when they please um, and it, it kind of is one of those things that gets egged on from from people starting it as to whether or not people choose to join in and most of the time they do and a lot of the time when AEW first started in back in 2019 um, a lot of it was uh, aimed at you know uh, being kind of a dig towards WWE and other promotions. Um, I do think that uh, they're overused. Um, I just think you know normal sort of reactions to uh, matches that are awesome are great. They don't need to actually have those types of chants to be awesome. Um, but I think the fans feel like it's a, a necessity to ensure that the wrestlers know that they find it awesome. Um, and we just need to remember, we don't actually need to shout this is awesome for the fans, uh, for the wrestlers to know that we're all in it because of the amount of screams and cheers that you'll constantly get in between shows it as well. I just think it's overused, but it's, it's something that's not going to get stopped because it's the fans doing it. Well, and then also, I will agree with you there, and I say there's not a match in history that I look back on and go, oh, it's when the crowd started chanting, this is awesome, that I really got into it. No, you say it's like when the crowd lost their shit, yeah. got to their feet, when a beach ball started flying around <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, Alma, what about you? Do, you? do you mind that this is awesome chance, and how would you change it? That, 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 to me, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I was watching, I think, the Rocky Merrill and uh, Trent versus the Young Bucks, right? Now, mind you, I've seen these guys wrestle in Japan several times, whatever. The match was good, but I did notice that people were saying, this is awesome. And I'm like, you mean to tell me that you have not seen these two guys wrestle, these two teams wrestle? I mean, they're doing the same thing that I seen in Japan, you know? And, it, you know, it's, it's a good match, but I think now it's just like people just say that. They just say the awesome chat just to be part of something, you know? Because, I mean, I go to these uh, wrestling events and sometimes I hear these cats trying to start a chant that I'll be like, oh, man, just shut up. Don't, don't, don't start that chant because it's not what it is. But sometimes people just want to do certain things just to be part of a group, you know. 
I, to change it, uh, remember the, these fans now are way different than the fans that that the probably I could say five or seven years ago. Um, like I said, they want to be participating in the match, but want to be like, oh yeah, I was chanting that, you know. So I mean, is it gonna change? I doubt it. it, it you know what? I'd rather these fans here be like the defenders of Japan, where they enjoy it first, and then when it gets crazy, they do, they, they you know, they get the pops. That'll be cool, but you know. We, you're not gonna get that here. Everybody just now is all about want to be part of something, part of a show, but you know, part of a chant. So you know, to me, I mean, for me as a fan, for me to say it's awesome, I have to really, really enjoy it. And I'm like, oh my god, these guys are taking it to the next level. So I mean, I don't think it's not gonna change. I think it's gonna get worse, to be honest. You know, <laughs> that's, just, that's the spirit. That's, that's yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's not gonna get worse. I'm telling you, people just chant anything because they want to be part of something. Yeah, it's true. It's true, though. Um, Monty, what about you? How would you deal with it? Yeah, I mean, how would I deal with it? I, I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm not too optimistic about what we could actually do. Like, I would. It would be nice if I could see everybody's going to ever go to another live show that's televised again and just say, "Can we agree that <laughs> the match has to actually be of quality?" Just before, before the match starts, you get right. up in the arena. Right. And go, oh. Look, can I get everybody's okay. attention? It's in a PSA every show, right? Just a PSA, a recorded PSA. Like, don't check. This is awesome unless the match. It's cool. Like, I, I was watching NXT 2.0 the other week in the opening match, and at the very beginning, Chompa does a dive that we've seen them do hundreds of times over the ramp, and they've been already chanting, this is awesome. Just in, And just, like, 2.0 does it for the most nonsensical reasons, too, and that's the thing that I hate about them. Like AW definitely does it, and it's egregious. Yeah, right. At least AW has that has that good old holy shit chant. You always know something great happened if a holy shit happened because something you don't chant holy shit naturally just for nothing. Like usually AW has done some crazy spot to make you say holy shit. I appreciate that one a little bit more. So at least they got that one thrown in every now and then on two point and some of WWE content. It could be the littlest spot. Sometime and it, or like the uh, just a couple of moves in a row by a certain person, and now we're saying this is awesome. When you've seen this sequence before, like it, yes, when it's right and when the match is really hidden like that, then cool, yes. But when it's oh my goodness, sometimes it can just be so overdone, and that's the thing that uh, really is off-putting about it. But what we can do about it, I'm not really sure, man. Because like you said, in American fans, they are they're all about being you know their autonomy. They you know be having the freedom to be a part of the show, especially now. Like now more than ever, do the fans feel like they can control the show, whether they actually have that control or not? No matter the company, it seems like over here. And I, I'm like you, ultimately. When I wish we had that slow build that Japan had when before the pandemic, and it was like, yeah, and while they're while they're just getting going, we're all you know, it's quiet, relaxed, just taking in the action. And then as it starts to pick up, then the excitement in the arena picks up, and then by the end, we're all screaming and jumping out of our seats. So yeah, I like that slow build way better. But I, you know, I can admit that I could be biased. But yeah, this is awesome chance for the you know for normal things. Is uh, yeah, come on, man. Too overdone. Really overdone. Well, thank that's... you, Monty. Thank you. Thank you, Monty. Oh, well, look, you too. Great. Uh, so, anyway, we will move on to our <laughs> last news story of uh, the show. And like we said, we haven't argued about this. 
And it is the fact that All Elite Wrestling CEO Tony Khan has announced that he is a new owner of Ring of Honor. He calls he dropped a huge bombshell whilst coked out of his mind on uh, Dynamite on Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> Even JR was oh like, he's been having coffee. And I was like, yeah, all right, coffee. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Coffee. No, he went yeah. Scarface, y'all. Coffee about, like, face down. <laughs> I want face People down gonna be mountain. like, give me some of that coffee. <laughs> I want I want everybody's opinion. I want everybody's opinion on this, and I'm gonna give my opinion on this. I want to hear everybody's opinion on that news right there. Well, he's gonna uh, go into Starbucks and get two lines of coffee anyway. So uh, we're gonna go round again. We're gonna go round again because of course. The deal, which comes 11 years after Sinclair purchased Ring of Honor from Carrie Silkin, includes the company's video library dating back to 2002, as well as the brand assets, intellectual property, production equipment, and more. Right. What are your thoughts of Ring of Honor uh, being bought by AEW? And does it really even affect you? Because have you been a fan of Ring of Honor in the past? And how much do you know of it? Wait, he cut out. Is he addressing me? Yes, Gina, you go. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> you cut out when um you said whoever you were addressing. Um, so yeah, as you said, I don't, I haven't really watched much Ring of Honor stuff. The only stuff I know is my sister has told me, and to be honest, I haven't really retained it. So I don't have a lot of knowledge with Ring of Honor. Is it's inter- interesting to hear. Um, I'm curious and excited to see what's going to be done and whether there's going to be major changes. Um, but I do think that I'll probably now feel more inclined to um, watch some more Ring of Honor things now because it's connected. I am obviously enjoying AEW a lot more over WWE, so I'm kind of interested to see a bit of Ring of Honor. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy with it. I just I couldn't take it really serious with the delivery of the news. <laughs> But maybe that's why he doesn't do promos a lot because he gets yeah. so excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can all get a bit overexcited sometimes. On his level, not sure. Um, Jack, see what are your thoughts on Tony Khan trying to own professional wrestling? Um, yeah, uh, I, I just think it again. It's exciting in in terms of you know it was very sad to see sort of Ring of Honor. Um, struggle uh during the pandemic um it's nice to uh, uh, from from my point of view um what i've heard through the grapevine is that like tony bought this like without any connection to aew so this could be something completely fresh and new with the potential aspect of like you know um future invasion storylines and things like that which is always exciting but i think i'm more excited at the prospect of um, an- yet another platform that um, a lot of the uh, employees of WWE that have left um, have a chance to go to go on to, to have a chance to sort of showcase themselves again. I am eager to see where uh, whether or not this is going to get a channel of its own, and if we're going to get like a regularly weekly content, which I presume we are, but what day it's going to be on. So I've just got a lot of questions as to whether or not this is going to kind of try and compete with uh, the with the three-hour Monday night slot, except for it won't be, it definitely won't be three hours. But, I mean, if they thought viewership was bad, if they decided to, like, start doing some Ring of Honor on, say, a Monday, that's, like, an hour or, or two hours long, whatever, that 
that could cause a few people, especially if other sort of ex WWE wrestlers turn up on it. it could, I don't know. There could be like another war. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself though. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, we'll go around. And uh, Monty, what do you think about this deal? Okay. Uh, what I think about this deal. Uh, I. By the way, this is big news. I understand his excitement, as you point out, because like it, he did match the excitement of okay, you did some big time shit. Like that's the way he was looking. But at the same time, you know, them eyes bulging, you know, the voice. Oh man, oh, I, I I had to rewatch it. It was so hilarious. He yeah, he celebrated y'all. I don't that care was, what you that, say. That was way too awkward. <laughs> yeah, he was on. A, it's like he was on a bender. Like, like he was up. Like he completed the deal and he just partied until the show, <laughs> so he could announce it. That like that's what it seemed like. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is big news, man. I have I, I can't complain about this. I don't have anything bad to say. I liked Ring of Honor uh, through periods uh, of his run. I had different times where you know, uh, way way many years ago when I was younger, didn't know who the hell what the hell I was watching. And I, I was watching the American Dragon, uh, of course, back in the, in that run. And Claudio, which, is, like I said, it's kind of funny that we talked about Cesaro and Jackson said there will be people who, who are now gone, possibly going other places. Then you have Ring of Honor coming back. I mean, I'm not saying he needs to go there, but it's just kind of funny that it worked out that way. You have Cesaro return to maybe a, the Claudio t- days, uh, you know, without the hair, of course, but. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, like I said, I'm not like a Ring of Honor historian. I'm, I wasn't watching everything. I didn't know a lot. I did go back and many years later watch during the Adam Cole years and all that when he was a uh, three-time champion and all that. And uh, when the Young Bucks were there, because uh, it was especially when they started doing more joint shows in New Japan, I was really trying to keep up with them. But then over the years now, the last few years, I have not been keeping up. So it's always been off and on with Ring of Honor, but. Uh, there's no doubt this is a big deal. I don't know what the future lies, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think this is cool either way. Even if it just ends up being part of their video library on HBO Max or wherever they're going to end up streaming uh, AEW one day. Uh, so who knows? But, you know, this is big time stuff. I I can't complain, you know. And I love when Tony Khan said it's not shame this time it's me. I gave. I, I actually. I, I chuckled at that. Uh, in in yeah. his high craze, he remembered Shane McMahon. So there you go. <laughs> and Alma One, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, do you know how happy I was? I was so delighted because number one, I'm a big Ring of Honor historian. I've been following Ring of Honor for the last 20 years. Um, I, my first show was in 2012. Um, Kevin Owens was known Kevin Steen. I went. I think it was a. Uh, anniversary show that I went the first time. The fact that, um, you know, let me put it this way, Ring of Honor suffered a lot financially back in 2019 when the, the Elite and uh, uh, Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Sky, Kazarian, they all left. And yeah. Ring of Honor tried to bring in uh, Lifeblood, which included, uh, I believe it was David Finley, Juice Robinson, and Bandito, and a couple of other people in there. Um, so they suffer financially there. Then to top it off, then you got the pandemic comes in and then they, they don't fire anybody. They were still paying they 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 uh their wrestlers. And then you know Sinclair Broadcasting wasn't really, really doing nothing with them. Like you know, yeah. Ring of Honor was more of a, a tax write off. That's the so 
I mean, when I heard in October that they were going to go, you know, letting everybody go, I was like, I was so disappointed. I'm like, that. this is a, a, a promotion that I love to death. You know, I follow Nigel McGuinness, AJ Styles, yeah. even mm-hmm. um, uh, Seth Rollins was there at one point, Claudio. Yeah, all these guys were there. And, and Damian Priest, I remember when he was a, a green as a pepper and he couldn't hardly be yep. a big guy. So, <laughs> you know, when I heard Tony Khan bought it, and I had a feeling that that was the big announcement. I say it's either he's going to say that it's going to be H, they, they got a streaming um, connection with H, uh, HBO, or they bought Ring of Honor. And once he mentioned Ring of Honor, I was like, good, because this is good for professional wrestling. And I was talking to, we were all talking before we got on air about that. It, this helps professional wrestling. And I understand that James thing is is uh, uh, Tony Khan trying to monop- uh, monopolize the, the the industry. I don't think so because even if they if he buys, let's say Impact Wrestling, right? He's not going to be in charge of Impact Wrestling as far as making the matches. He'll have his people doing his thing in Impact. The same thing with Ring of Honor. Right now, with Ring of Honor, as soon as he bought this, there was a uh, chat around the dirt sheet that Cody Rose is not coming to WWE. Instead. He's going to be running Ring of Honor because who knows? Oh, 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 you know, who knows? This has been a whole swerve all the time. You're going to tell me that Cody's going to leave out of AEW and he's not going to know that, that Tony Khan was going to purchase uh, Ring of Honor? Come on. So it could mm-hmm. be the biggest swerve that all of us got caught up with. That we, I did a podcast about it. I'm sure 20 other thousand podcasts did the same thing. I'm sure you and Monty probably discussed it. And all that with Joxie and, and, and Gina and all that, but who knows? This probably been a swirl all the time, and Cody Rhodes may be running uh, Ring of Honor, or you could have Samoa Joe or William Regal run Ring of Honor. Anything is possible. I am happy for what's going on now, Professor Rick, because this it, it, you know, it gives you so much. There's so many matches you can have that you know, and then a biggest super show. Imagine the biggest super show. There is a professional wrestling, big in it all in. You're gonna have New Japan, you're gonna have Ring of Honor, yes. you're gonna have Impact, you're gonna now have AEW, and let's not forget of that nice little promotion in the UK, Repro, where Will Osprey dominates. You're gonna have the biggest show there, and they could have the biggest show in the UK. Imagine that. That's all I imagine. Imagine that. That'd be great for professional wrestling. Look, yeah. this the, the thing is, and I and I also just want to quickly add on as well. Um, I've been a huge fan of Cody's, even in AEW, even when the fans all been booing him, yeah. And I cannot tell you how much I was kind of feeling very gutted at at all of these whispers about WWE. If it still happens to be true, my thoughts will still feel the same. That I just think that he's the biggest chump for going back when he's the one that made the biggest sort of like digs. When when AEW first sort of dropped yeah, on TV, he that. was making yeah. the biggest thing, um, and I think it's just like a pussy move just to go back for money Ooh, if, if that is the case. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I said it about Mickey James coming back for the Royal Rumble. Like I stand by my words, and I've got my own thoughts and feelings on this. I'll still stand by them. But, yeah, but if, the, the whole, if this all has been just, whole point just because Kobe, of the. Though, uh, so I, mean, well, I, I know it's, I know it's to do with money. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, like for me, I I wouldn't 
like pride wise personally for me so yeah other people will think this differently but pride wise I I would not be able to go back to the company that I just literally stated for the past two two and a bit years so that's why when I see look at Cody I look at the the amount of pride he had to come in create his own uh, create this new company with Tony um and straight away be like breaking the throne so to say and things like that if you're going to be a big enough part to be like oh yeah I'm actually going to go back now because they're just offering me more money right. like for me like that's just a bit of a like a, a wimpish move for for someone who has been scolded the the likes of uh Cody and Nikki James so I stand by my word other people's obviously are always going to be different but that being said if this is the biggest swerve and that we are kind of having Cody sort of head things up with Ring of Honor I think it's the smartest thing because I'm really gutted. Uh, I probably am one of the only very few that are very gutted that they're leaving. I, I genuinely enjoyed him on AEW. Well, I want to say, I'm more kind of go with like Rowdy Roddy Piper. He was one of my favourite wrestlers, not just because of the character, but because of the territories that he went to. And whether it would be WSW or WF or everywhere else he went, he was the star and had his own terms. And if they wanted him to lose to Hulk Hogan, or if they wanted him to drop the belt, he could go, no, there's another territory that's going to pay me the exact same money so then I can go there. So then you're not indebted to the one place that will pay you X million. There will be another place that can go, no, we can offer you this deal. And I think with Cody, a bit like Pipe, or a bit like anybody else, the whole point of competition and what we want and what we need is the value that one company doesn't hold it over you to say, this is the only money you can make. There's no one else that can pay that. So even if Cody agreed to make the deal better for him in AEW, then for me, I've got no problems at all. If he wants to go back to WWE and sign a contract for a couple of years, get his value up even more, move back to AEW afterwards, I'm fine. And I think a wrestler needs you, but that. Do, but but do, you genuinely, do you genuinely think that uh, he's not going to have like the dirty done on him again in WWE? Like him and him get promised something, but then all of a sudden he's just going to go ahead and be put in an IC title reign or a US title reign. And then well, that's this it. This is the thing. Because that's going to do nothing. This is how WWE so It's a game of gamble. Yeah, but this is how they view AEW. And if it is truly is competition for them, then they will use the stars that AEW created to build the foundations for their company, much like they did with Mick Foley and Steve Austin and, and a lot of other people that came through in the early 90s with Vader and people like this who weren't used properly in one company could then go else and become stars elsewhere. That's the dream anyway. With For me, it's not with, I hope AEW rules everything, or it's not W rules everything. I hope, like we said, the talent that are involved can jump from place to place like we did when there was a Monday Night Wars or even before that and get paid what they can accordingly and be moved up. You know, it's like Ricky Steamboat with the Intercontinental Championship moved WSW and was in World Heavyweight title. You know, the matches with Flair and stuff like that, and then he could jump ship as well. I think in a perfect world, yeah. and don't get me wrong, I'd love the fact if Ring of Honor, you know, like we said, the invasion angle of Cody-led invasion against you, you know, that would be fun for a few months to Ring of Honor lost. If they do do it as a separate company, there's no doubt in my mind Ring of Honor, it's that valuable impact, would then become a developmental for AEW. And sometimes independence is key. Yeah, you have a bigger plateau, but you are building wrestlers for different reasons. And again, Ring of Honor, the amount of stars we talked about who went to WWE, there's nothing wrong with Tony Khan going, do you know what, I want this, but to go to AEW. There's nothing wrong there. And like you said, with the streaming service 
and the money involved there, it makes sense. AEW hasn't got history, so what better than to buy the history of another wrestling company that we hold as dear? I would say Ring of Honor is up to a VCW, the way people think about yeah. because of the talent that they've had. I watched the Summer of Punk. Mm-hmm. You know, that was sensational, what Punk did, what people like Dan- uh, Brian Danielson did and all these wrestlers. But again, he's bought it for a reason, and there is more than or want Ring of Honor to succeed. It's more of helping AEW, which I haven't got a problem. But again, it's about the monopoly being owned by Vincent Mann, buying these independent companies and saying, you know, you're part of this banner compared to Tony Khan, what, just because we like the product. So we have to kind of balance it out mm. and say, look, if he wants to build a multi-billion dollar you know, conglomerate and then when he starts releasing wrestlers or they come to an end of the contract and we go, we understand that, but we have to keep both companies on, to treat both companies the same. Otherwise, it's bollocks. Right. Yeah. The impartiality right. is gone. Well, Ring of Honor is not going to, you're not going to see the Ring of Honor with a little AEW logo. I think they're going to do, it's like Disney when they bought Marvel. When they bought Marvel, you know, you didn't. When you see the Marvel logo, you don't see anything that has the Disney logo on it. So it's a no, separate. They're the same brand, but they're on a different logo. They got a different flag. But you so can't tell that, me if a Ring of Honor talent is killing it in Ring of Honor that AEW are not going to bring him up or use him in their roster. I, I, I highly doubt that. You know why? Because the, the Ring of Honor, yeah, the AEW has too many, too many stars in it for them to be worried about one star. In, in, in Ring of Honor, if they if they could see that, let's say for example, they'll they'll bring uh, I don't know, I'm just gonna use Matt Taven, right? You have a Matt Taven there, and Matt Taven is killing it. You know what I'm saying? So they know they're getting a big big viewing for that. They're not gonna go and bring Matt Taven to AEW for what? You need to get people to watch uh, um, Ring of Honor because Ring of they're Honor. Gonna, they're gonna bring people like Private Party to Ring of Honor, and like you said, the amount of talent that. Are on dark and elevation will just be on Ring yeah, of Honor. Ring of Honor talent are signed with Impact. That's that's what I'm saying. And the impact with uh, Jonathan Gresham, he probably won't be seen. And it's interesting with Joanna Pratso because she is a Ring of Honor Women's Champion, but obviously got a contract with Impact. So, like I said, we can dream of a mega show. I don't think AEW want to come out on top but, no matter what, think, even if it's I New think, Japan. I, I think for Impact, first of all, Impact has going to have no choice. And I'm going to say this in right front of all of y'all. Impact's going to have no choice but to work with Ring of Honor and AEW because Deanna Peraza is the Ring of Honor world champion. What are you going to do? You're going to let somebody come from Ring of Honor who probably unknown person to be Deanna Peraza right now, who's probably the hottest female wrestler. If Impact is smart, they will say, okay, we'll let you work. We'll do some angles that you're already using some of the members from Ring of Honor already. Work with Ring of Honor, even though it's owned by AEW, but work with Ring of Honor so then you still have that little, that storyline that I gave a 10. That, that's the smart move. Because if they don't do it's, that, yeah. then Impact will be doing I the do same thing. I think that shit. it will be treated like a, different, like a different promotion to AEW. I don't think it will be like someone when someone gets peak in Ring of, uh, Ring of Honor, they'll automatically move up. I don't, I don't think it's like an NXT type thing. I think what it will, would be, though, is that if uh, a member of uh, a wrestler is uh, his contract is up, is running up soon on Ring of Honor, I reckon he will be offered the chance on whether or not he, if if he's if he's quite peak at the time, he might get offered the chance to then sign with AEW, or he might be uh, you know be allowed to kind of go where he wants and and they they be fine with that, you know, I yeah. because of the way that I've taken it is that 
Tony Khan, not AEW, Tony Khan bought, uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, Ring of Honor. I believe that, like, you know, this whole impact uh, connection thing would work, but I still think, I believe it's going to be its own separate promotion that's not going to be, like, automatically, you're getting called up now to uh, uh, AEW. Yeah, also, say, and this is going to be an interesting thing as well when it does happen, because I'm thinking it's going to be developmental. If it, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. And I, I feel, and Monty, also, I don't know what you think as well, but if this was four or five years ago when we had NXT as NXT, there is no doubt Ring of Honor being bought by WWE. They would have the video library on the network, and you would have the Ring of Honor versus NXT storyline. But because we've changed 2.0, because of everything there. I think W have looked at it and gone, no, we'll leave it for now. Because I think five years ago, W would have signed it up and we were having a different conversation. Yeah, I also, though, read that Triple H wanted it in 2018. Uh, he wanted to go in and buy Ring of Honor then, you know, to put their head and, you know, try to start going after it. And then uh, I don't know how true all this is, but they say Vince McMahon wanted bigger fish. That's why in the year after that, after 2018, he tried to buy Impact, he tried to buy. Uh, uh, Noah, New Japan, so uh, uh, Stardom. So he's tried to buy other bigger promotions. He didn't. He, he thought Ring of Honor was too small. At least that's what the rumor said. I don't know how true any of that is, but like so with that thought process right there, I don't necessarily know. But uh, about whether it matters, like what version of NXT. Honestly, I think they tried this most recent December to try to buy it again, and they said talks just fell through. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's just how it goes sometimes. You know, business work out that way. You're right. They probably should have just went on and pulled the trigger back when Triple H told them. But at this point, James, we know Vince do not listen to yeah. Triple H. <laughs> they, went, and, they went somewhere different. <laughs> and, yeah. also, and also, as Ring of Honor, and you mentioned something about, about TV deals. Um, remember, Ring of Honor still have to fight TV. So if Tony Khan is smart and keep it and fight TV, you're probably going to see it. It's probably the same time slot, 7 o'clock. Remember, a lot of these shows that Ring of Honor does are pre-recorded. You know what I'm saying? As for the, what I read this week, they are pre-recorded shows from, yeah, taping, from April all the way to the end of the year. So, you know, if they don't have an actual channel, they're going to do it through Fight TV. They still get views through Fight TV regardless, you know? So I think, and it's only our show. It's not going to be two. It's not going to be three. They built those, those uh, like, those uh, anniversary shows that they have, the final battle, uh, bomb for uh, honor, uh, glory for honor, all that. They build it through Fight TV, and because you know they got a they got a little fan base that actually watch these shows. I'm one of them, and I, I think if Ring of Honor has a one hour show and and keep doing the way they were doing it before, because I think they still keeping uh, Joe Cross. I think they uh, Joe Cross. I think they keeping him, and they keeping a lot of the people that, that were in the production. If they do what they're supposed to do, like they were doing back then, Ring of Honor is fine because they got the back of AEW. And like um, Gina said, they're going to have their own separate entity, but Tony Khan owns them. It's not AEW. It'll be interesting to see what happens, really. Like I said, it's been the biggest news story uh, this week. It'll be interesting uh, how it unfolds in the future. But like I said, we've got news out of the way. Uh, and like we talk about, AW Revolution is tonight. We'll run through the card and give predictions in a little bit. But first, we're going to catch up with Dynamite and, of course, Rampage. So we're going to start 
Dynamite from February 9th and MJF starting the show, crowing about his victory of Punk in Chicago, joined by the Pinnacle. Uh, FTR did make me laugh with their entrance, actually, and MJF was carried in on a throne and only Wardlow did them and didn't have an entrance or thanked. Uh, Punk entered the arena, he introduced his friend Sting and Darby and demanded a rematch, uh, but Dax grabbed it and said... That Punk accepts and MJF, he could have it, but he had to find a new partner on name Sting or Allen, and the win would give him a rematch of any time of any time against MJF. Uh, so, Jaxie, what do you think of MJF coming out on the throne? We we knew who would celebrate his victory. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. We all knew this was coming, so it was kind of an eye-roll moment when you hear that stupid-ass music of his play, but... You can't deny that he doesn't do a good promo, you know? He he gives you a good chuckle. MJF is an absolute joke, but in the best way, you know? Um, he, he's just getting better and better uh, every time we see him, really. Uh, he's the ultimate heel that, like, no one wants, but we all get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that will we see Wardlow defeating the... And in a circle team meeting, Satana had to go at Jericho... Uh, Jericho telling Guevara to shut up which maybe wasn't very nice but the Spanish got claimed that it was all the infighting isn't going to help and he quit the group again is there a week Sammy doesn't quit the inner circle I mean come on now uh, Ortiz stepped up told Jericho's assessment that Eddie Kingston never helped him was wrong and challenged Jericho and Hager to a match on next week's show uh, they already accepted I mean this was boring but um, I mean just split up already you know come on inner circle I've had enough Wow! Did you just say? Did you just say it's boring? Yeah, I said about what? Did you enjoy this? Oh, holy shit! This is just boring. What? I mean, this has been around story. for like three years now. Come on, James, James, James. This is what storytelling is all about. We don't see this in WWE. What we see in WWE is soap opera. That's what's talking about WWE. Talking about dynamite. We're talking about dynamite. <laughs> stop, stop going to WWE. Just talk about dynamite. We're talking about this boring in a circle segment. Story, storytelling, right there. You gotta have storytelling in order for you. Today, continue on later on for the next couple of weeks to to take it to the pay-per-view. You just don't do one story one week and then throw it in a pay-per-view. That's the way it is. I mean, I mean, the the inner circle is already, you can pretty much say it's going to, it's broken up already. I mean, Sammy Guevara is going to do his own thing and then you're going to have probably powerful chase the tag team belts. I think this whole storyline with Jericho, Eddie Kingston is perfect because before they even showed this on this episode, they were Eddie Kingston was already online talking shit, talking about how <laughs> uh, uh, Private Powerful have been a tag team champion because of Chris Jericho. So to me, that's that's a beautiful storyline because now, okay, so the inner circle they had a tag team between Jericho and Hager, and I believe they won. I'm not sure, but we're but gonna get onto that next week. We're gonna get the story, <laughs> done much rampage. <laughs> The storyline is about Eddie Kingston. It's about Eddie Kingston and Jericho. That's the whole thing. Yeah, the thing with the with the with the inner circle because probably powerful are part of the inner circle. But Eddie Kingston is that guy who's going to crack that faction and break them up. That's the storyline, brother. <laughs> I know, but this was a boring segment. Anyway, we see Adam Cole with the Young Bucks <laughs> attack Rapongi Vice's Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero, only to be interrupted by the debuting Switchblade, Jay White of New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Beretta into a production truck to put an exclamation point on his debut. Monty, how big a deal is this to have Jay White on Dynamite? 
It's a huge deal, man. He's like one of the biggest stars in New Japan. Like I told you once before, like it was just awesome to see him in uh, in AEW, like in front of this new audience who can finally get to see what a lot of us New Japan fans have been seeing, even in his, ever since his younger days. You know, I remember when Jay White was a young lion. You yeah. know, one of the, and you always notice the uh, non-Japanese young lions, with, even in their gear, because they're obviously not Japanese. So, like Jay White. Uh, to watch how what he became as the years went by and like what he like the star that he is like he's he's New Japan's like top level like he's when he's in New Japan he's fighting with the Okadas like the the world champions he's not he's he's a, the leader of the Bullet Club you know what I mean so you know he is a a, a, a major star in New Japan so to have him there even what he's been doing in Strong has been awesome also so like uh. You know, having him on AEW television is just awesome to see, and it's it's a big deal, especially like I said, not to just me, but like I said, it's a good, it's a big deal because a new audience are, are you know getting a chance to appreciate what we all have. A lot of us uh, who watch New Japan are already familiar with yeah, New Japan champion. Yes, the only exactly the youngest, quickest, the only one who won every single title there is to win in New Japan, and he did it, you know, really quick too. Like so, Jay White is he, he's he's like I said, he's the man, and uh, I think the more they use him, if if he's used properly in AEW, the 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 better and accustomed, more casual fans will become to him, and you'll really understand what makes him so good because he's great on the promo, great in the ring. You just gotta let Jay White do what he does, man. I, I love it. Uh, even though, I, even though I'm not really so cool with the whole him being cool with the elite, because you know, in the whole New Japan, the Bullet Club really was not cool with the elite after they had left New Japan and all that. So him rekindling that friendship, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the Bullet Club. Don't get me started on that. That has nothing to do with this, but we'll get. We'll, but yeah, this was great to see, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the arena. We see his uh, Cassidy a private party hit the ring, accompanied by Mark Quinn and Matt Hardy for the face of the revolution. Uh, who would be his opponent? Well, it's the debuting free agent, Keith Lee. And Lee steamrolled Cassidy. I mean, I love this. A fair play to his eye for bumping around. He flew off that bill as well. Uh, Matt Hardy quitting in the match like Jeff did, uh, with even Tony saying it was erratic behaviour. Uh, Lear with a near-perfect debut. Gina, what do you think of Keith Lee in being all elite? I was so excited, but I'm not going to lie, I had it ruined for me. I was so upset because it was such big news. I would have been so excited um, coming home from work and watching it and seeing it, but instead I got it ruined by youtube no no like nonetheless so cheers youtube but yeah that i was so excited um keith lee definitely wasn't utilized as much either similar to cesaro and i think they could have done some great things with him so i was really excited to see that i'm going to get to see him on AEW and all the prospects already that i'm thinking of, of who he could have feuds with i'm already excited with what they're doing with him putting him in this big match with, you know, other big powerhouses is going to be so exciting to see. So, um, yeah, I was pleased. Yeah, about that, it was good to see a talent of Keith Lee on Dynamite. Then we see a small, smiling CM Punk walk through the curtain and launch that he had found a partner to battle FTR. That partner, John 
Moxley. This was a great tag match. We see Mox suicide dive into the other three. FTR sending Mox for a table. Punk got the hot tag. Doomsday device to FTR. Moxley grabbed the rear naked choke and hold and Punk taps out Wheeler. But referee Aubrey Edwards out position. Tully Blanchard didn't feel better to go to sleep. Wheeler did two, leading to the double finish by Punk and Mox and FTR, which looked as sweet as fuck. Um, Jaxie, what did you think of this match? I mean, yeah, the the whole sort of team up with uh, Punk and Moxie, just you, you had me sold. I was like throwing my money at the TV, even though I've got like no money. So it was like monopoly money. Um, it was just everything that you wanted as well. Uh, just seeing that you could see the excitement from both Punk and John Moxie in this match. And it just added to the excitement of the match. Um, for me, I just thought it was it was one of those ones that deserved a This Is Awesome champ because of, it really was an awesome match. Yeah, I mean, Mox and Punk worked really, really well. Then we see Chade Cargill defeating AQA. AQA trained by Booker T. Now, it's a nice-looking shooting star, but there's a reason why Jay Cargill is 27-0. and 0. Uh, Fantastic stuff there. And then we get the Serena Deeb introducing the professor's five-minute rookie challenge. Her opponent was KTR Quet where Diva class and out-wrestled opponent making a tap-out to the Serenity Lock. And then the main event, Texas Deathmatch for the AW World Championship, where we see Archer produce a handful of steel chairs before revealing a barbed wire wrapped one before utilising it. Archer delivered a blackout from the ring onto the edging steps in a jaw-dropping So I mean, fuck me. The stairs are difficult anyway, but that spot Ooh. in itself looked vicious. Page recovered, wrapped the barbed wire around his arm and rocked Archer twice. He delivered a big German suplex and then used the referee to deliver a buckshot lariat, driving his challenger through the table at ringside. Paul Turner made the count as Page retained the title. And afterwards, Adam Cole made his way to the ring, grabbed the world championship and draped over Page's shoulder as the company team discussed the possibility of him as the next top contender. Armut One, what did you think of the main event? The main, the, the main event was pretty good. Um, there was that, that, that choke slam or the power bomb on that damn steps. I was like, how in the world are he going to get up from that? It was, just, it was just awesome. Now, the only thing I had, the only problem I had with now with Hammond Page, is it me or this man always in some bloody matches now? And the same thing with Lance Archer. They got him in Texas death matches. I think they could do much better there. But the match itself was good. The main event was quality main event. I mean, but uh, you know, they, they can't Hangman Page be in a match without bleeding, you know? So I mean, to me, that that like I said, the match was good. I mean, I don't have any issues with it as far as like what they did. Um, I, I know it was with what uh, Pace did. He wrapped the damn uh, bar wire as a sleeve and clothesline a uh, buckshot Larry uh, Archer with it. I mean, that's crazy. I know he was hurting, but I think, you know, some of these matches, you can't bring Texas dead matches all the time. And that last Archer, what I've been seeing lately is he's always in some uh, Texas dead match or some crazy match. And, you know, I mean, I don't mind him going, being violent. And doing power bombs on staircases, but it's, it's sometimes it gets a little crazy, though. Yeah, I've had this was brutal. I mean, very, you got, you got to give it credit where it's due. You've got to give it credit where it's due, though, in terms of the match. Both men fought with like the top rope. Oh yeah, yeah. Non-existent, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty difficult to do. You would be, you would be probably as a wrestler, you'd like to think that they're so used to there being a top rope that they yeah, could yeah. any one of them could have easily fucked up. And like just 
imagined that it was there and then like fell out of spot but not one of them did um so I actually think it was it was quite a good main event for it being on like not a pay-per-view show yeah yeah I mean I mean like I said the match itself I had a problem with it because uh, you said the top rope I totally forgot about the damn top rope uh but I know that that move that Paige did to do the buckshot Larry that he went over the referee that was cool but my, like I said, I, I mm. think Adam Page being in um, matches where he's bleeding, um, the same thing with Lance Archer, they not, to me, this is just me, my opinion, what, Lance Archer's not being utilized the way he's supposed to be utilized. They're using him more like in these death matches or hardcore matches. This guy, I seen him wrestle in Japan, and he could give you a good match. He had a great match with Will Ospreay about three years ago um, and, and the G1. I don't know if Monty remembers that. When he beat, I think he beat Will Ospreay. This guy could wrestle, but they got yeah. him. In, you know, they got him in 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 these Texas death matches and certain things. I I think you know he should be utilized better. Now, like I said, I don't have a problem with the match. The match was great, right. but you know, I I think these two guys. Pay, I, and is it me or Hyman Page has? And I think I told uh, Jane, is it me or Hyman Page has that title reign the same way where Kenny Omega was chasing Okada, and once he got the belt, it's like. It, it, it's like it got a little lame. Was it me or I'm just like bugging out? Well, it, it's, it's interesting to think. Did you? No, I was <laughs> going to ask. One of the questions I was going to ask, and I didn't think we had enough time for, was is there a problem with AEW World Title Reigns? Because apart from when they won the title to when they lose it, the in-between, I don't know how much... Uh, good matches or memorable stuff comes from it. And again, I'm not having to go at Kenny Omega, but I remember him obviously winning the championship for Mox and losing it to uh, Paige. I don't really remember much in between. The same with Moxie's run. He might have had a couple of good matches, but I can't really remember it. And even with Jericho, I remember him beating Paige for it and obviously losing to Mox. But in between that, the reigns themselves maybe haven't been great. And I'm glad that you've mentioned that all the while. Well, Moxley got caught in the pandemic. Yeah. So... He won the belt in February, and then the next month we had the pandemic. So, I mean, I think some of his matches, um, you know, he wrestles like that crazy style, whatever. But with Adam Page, the storyline him chasing the belt was a great storyline for almost a year and a half. And then he finally wins it. And it's like he has had, don't get me wrong, he has had some great matches with Brian Danielson twice. And then he just had the one with Lance Archer. But I don't know. It's just me. I was like it. It brings yeah, me. It brings me back when Omega was chasing Okada for almost two years for the IWGP belt, and once he got it, now he. I mean, he wrestled some good matches, but it was nothing like the storyline. You know. I think y'all jumping the horse, man. Because like Danielson was damn good. Like that oh, rivalry yeah. it was damn you know, I'm good. Saying, then, I'm not saying it wasn't like, good. You got the Omega stuff. You got the Danielson, and then. I'm not. I know the Adam Cole story, like you said, storyline wise, you right. Like maybe they don't put the same effort as like they put in the chase of the champion towards the storyline to get there that they do as the, the keeping the story going while you are the champion. I can get behind that, but I think Hangman's run is really only really getting good. If you see what I'm saying, like he hasn't even really got a chance to get his feet with like with like are, are our attention spans this. This short now with, with title reigns because I feel like the same thing happened to Big E. I had people telling me Big E's reign was horrible before it happened. And yeah, he lost sometime early in that reign where he shouldn't have. 
But like, do we lose interest that fast now? Like, not not. like it's not Brian Danielson just ended a few weeks ago, right? Like that wasn't that long ago. But we already, you know, begging for more. And him and Adam Cole can kill it tomorrow uh, tonight, and it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. I yeah, think, I think, so yeah. it just depends. The, the, the issue is, though, uh, the match WWE. quality is there, in my opinion. Well, unlike now, the stories, you're right, but the <laughs> matches are there. Well, WWE have long term storytelling with the world titles, you see. So I guess the kind of the pro, what? Oh, pro- you never ending <laughs> storytelling. Never ending. Brock Lesnar and Roman have been fighting since I was uh, a sophomore in, in university. I'm, I'm an adult. I'm grown now. I'm graduating. That's a, a six-year. That's a six-year storyline. Exactly. Long term, long 2015, term, man. Uh, right. We'll move on to Rampage, February 11th. We got the Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice. The Bucks won with a BT trigger with Jay White coming out to dispatch Cassidy Arse. It was a great tag match. Felt very NJPW. Britt Baker beat Robin Renegade. This was one of my favourite things probably ever been promising on Twitter she's going to lick a lot of ass on Dynamite. I mean, you, you can't really beat that. Um, and like I said, she did get her ass licked. Um, Hook killed Blake <laughs> Lee and in the main event, Jurassic Express versus the Gun Club for the AEW Tag Titles. Golden hit Jungle Boy won the belts while the ref was distracted, but he only scored a two. Last rallying, Jungle Boy was able to get the win for his team to retain the titles. And I wonder, will Austin Gunn have a growth spurt? Um, Tina, what did you think of the main event of Rampage? It was good. I mean, I I definitely enjoyed it. I think there's there's a lot of in-depth storytelling that they're trying to tell here and, and putting more different stories in place. And it's really fun to watch this come apart. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just give you a chance to talk because otherwise me, Monty Oatman, will just be like, bah! So, you know, it's like... No, I'm enjoying <laughs> hearing your arguments. I'm I'm looking to choose my side, you know, who's got the better arguments here. Oh, so it's you. definitely I appreciate, I appreciate all the support. I really do. I'm glad, you know, <laughs> where your bread's buttered. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, you know, it's always great to have you on the Dubbing Up welcome. podcast. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to my next invite. Yeah. Uh, well, we move on to Dynamite, February 16th. CM Punk sat cross-legged in the centre of the ring. He said he's proud that the foundation that he laid for his career. Uh, he's one that inspired the entire locker room. He revealed the rematch will take place at Revolution, and it will be a dog-collar match, reminiscent of Roddy Piper's time in Portland. His epic up with Greg Valentine in Starcade in 83. Punk teased MJF with a picture of the two of them from years ago. He said, the price you paid to meet me that day will pale in comparison to the price you pay on March 6th. And on MWF, dropped the mic and walked out the arena left speechless by his rival's revelation. Jack C, what do you think of uh, this mic work with Punk in the story with MJF? Um, again, yeah, it was entertaining. Punk can't really do no wrong on a mic, can he, really? Um, I, I'm, I think each week that uh, either it's a punk or MJF sort of led promo, but just everything between these two right now is what's drawing me in. I just think that MJF is the perfect heel, and I'm loving seeing the progression and the growth that's coming with him. And having him work with someone like Punk is just that you can't do no wrong, you can't get no better. And I just think that they this is one of the storylines that they have done well within AEW. Um, it's left me really excited for Revolution. See what's coming next. Um, yeah, I just I'm I'm really excited to see everything that's coming with this match. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Another great match next was Brian Danielson beating Lee Moriarty. There was one moment where their legs locked and their bodies contorted and head stabbed. They him punches. And like I said, no, this mm. is an awesome chance. The crowd just got up and just started going mental. Uh, you know, Brian is as good as ever. And afterwards, Danielson demands an apology. Uh, an answer, sorry, to his proposition to John Moxley for a union. Uh, never beat him ever again. Moxley admitted he could not think of a good reason to say no. He then wanted this American Dragon offering because he doesn't want to fight Moxley. He will leave that up to Brian. I don't want to stand side by side with nobody until I bleed with them first, he said to end this segment. This was good shit. And in the face of a revolution qualifier, Wardlow killed Max Caster. And then we see AW World Champion Hangman Adam Page making a ring. Before he could start that, Adam Cole interrupted. And they recalled the history together and questioned the quality of friends they've been with over the years. Cole calling the champion the other Adam in every promotion they've ever appeared. They ignited a firing page and they leaned for physical altercation. Cole took him out. And as he did, uh, Bobby Fish and Carla Riley came and attacked Page. Uh, the Dark Order running down to stop the beating. Uh, Ultimate One, let me talk about you're a fan of Ring of Honor. And of course, the history between Page and Cole. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? And is this a main event storyline, Adam Page versus Adam Cole? Uh, oh, yeah. Because that, that, I love how they brought up the past from um, Ring of Honor when he told them, he, you're the other Adam. So, I mean, it's funny that he said that because I remember when Page joined the Bullet Club, Adam Cole was on his way out from Ring of Honor. I think Adam, Adam Page beat him uh, before, I think, his last match, I think his TV match, and then Adam Cole went, ended up going to NXT. But this whole thing with both of them, and then you add Red Dragon into the mix, that's all Ring of Honor. That should have been a clue right there for us. But, you know, but it's great because it shows that, you know, Adam Page was this young guy who was in, in Ring of Honor coming up. He became a Bullet Club member. Adam Cole left. He was already a three-times Ring of Honor world champion. And now they all of a sudden, you know, six, seven years later, they, they, they come back in full circle and, you know, Adam Cole, you know, he was the hottest guy at NXT, you know, um, and being over NXT champion for so many. And then Hangman Page going through his whole storyline with Kenny Omega, beating Kenny Omega, who was considered, you know, the best in the world. And now these two guys meeting up at AEW, it's a, it's a perfect storyline. I mean, I think, I mean, I won't be surprised if Adam Cole ends up beating Adam Page. Um, and, and they're meeting a revolution. I mean, I, I will not want that to happen, but I won't be surprised because Adam Cole is that good. We'll be interested to see what we say with predictions in a little bit. Uh, up next, Donald, we've got Santana Ortiz versus Jericho and Hager. Numb folks tapped by Jericho and Kingston allows Santana to score the victory for his team. Good match, but nothing sold. No disqualification match. Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. Martinez drove Rosa through a table. Rosa recovered, taking Martinez down where Hover can run her from top rope. We see a suplex on the top rope. Uh, Rosa fought through the pain, uses still stairs that opponent introduced, diving a head first into him for the win. And after the match, about to show sign of respect only for Britt Baker to emerge. And what's the ring size? Jamie Haiti and uh, Rebel attacked them. The Hill stood tall to close that segment. Baker apparently severing her relationship with Martinez. So we talk about long term storytelling, but this is kind of switched really quickly Martinez being with Baker and now against her. Uh, Monty, what do you think of this women's title match? Because I think Rose versus Baker would have been a much bigger match a few months ago. 
Yeah, um, I agree. The timing is a little is kind of thrown off, even though I don't, you know, I don't mind it. I think they're still like the two most popular women in AEW. So putting them against each other at a big show like this, it is a big deal either way, especially if you are still tying into their history from their uh, awesome match that they had. But I, I, the thing I don't like the most about this feud so far is that it just don't seem like it has the right energy that it should have to me for some reason. And the only reason why I say that is because, like I said, they're the two most popular women, in my opinion, by far on the roster. And I just don't think if you go through what they went through in that unsanctioned match, like it was very, very physical. And to, this is very tame, in my opinion, if you think, if you see what I'm trying to say. It don't feel as personal as it should be. Or, you know, I think the match probably still end up being great because they're both really good. But, and, you know, we know what Thunder Rosa can do. Uh, but I, for some reason, this feud, like the all together and all the actions that Britt Baker has been has taken so far, you know, of course, I know she's a cowardly heel, but, you know, uh, relying so much on, on Mercedes and then, like you said, the, the turn and then like with uh, even already having Jamie Hayter and Rebel. So like so obviously you're afraid of Thunder Rose, but you still talk a big game. So it is a little story there, but it's just like I feel like it could be way more intense. Because, like, if you think about what they went through in that match, I don't know why it's not like a blood feud, if you see what I'm saying. Like, it should be personal, you know, real, more personal than it is. Even though they've done they, their best, I think they can on Rampage and Dynamite with what they've had. But I just think maybe maybe I'm missing something, but I think the energy should be a little bit more intense in this feud. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And then the main event, TNT Championship match, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. We see the referee distracting the sting and the sudden appearance of Jose at ringside. Andrade appeared and crotched Allen on the top rope. Guevara, unaware of what happened, delivered a GTH for the win. Matt Hardy appeared after the bell and attacked Allen until Guevara chased him off. Andrade proceeded to break a table across the back of the Spanish squad and stood tall with the TNT titles to close out the show. Right, I've got a question for both Monty and Elmer One. I'll start off with the Elmer One. Why the fuck has Sammy still got two belts? Can you give me an, any explanation? Uh, that's, the, that's the same shit I'm fucking saying to myself for the last couple of weeks since it beat Cody. I I'm, say the same thing every week, too. Yeah. yeah. We had this every time. time. Well, Doxy, the last Doxy, day, yeah. Doxy put I the, think y'all are, y'all are older than me, man. I think that's what this is, because I don't care. I'm like, yeah, I got two belts. No, but, no, well, let's walk out with two belts. No, but Why it's not? Different. It's different when, let's say, if you got two belts, it's different if the other belts from another promotion. You're walking around with the same fucking belt, <laughs> first one, and that one looks the same. Why do you have? If you're the you're the um, undisputed TNT champion, <laughs> you should not be walking with two belts. So what? Well, so like no, it's definitely not exactly like when Nero changed the belt to yeah. to be sort of more with his his Hungarian colors, uh, Bulgarian colors. Sorry. Um, it's not like he has two completely different looking belts as well. They exactly. They're not exactly the same. So what is the point of having both of them still? I get it, maybe you'll never, the you'll night never after forget winning it or belt. something. But it's, it's, it's crazy because because I'm not saying to myself okay, this conversation he created. He, you know, yeah, James is a troublemaker. But how do you call it? You know, it's one thing to. To, to walk around with two belts with two different promotions or two different United States, whatever the hell, but you got the <laughs> same belt that looks the same with the glitter shit 
I'm like, why? Why are you walking with two belts? He's the double TNT champion. They can't be double. You gotta be undisputed. <laughs> they need to stop this bullshit. Like, I don't get it. I don't. Uh, James, stop looking. You started in trouble. Let me just. <laughs> I just. I was just wondering why I just didn't make any sense. Well, to I, me. I don't mind. I don't mind. The only <laughs> way it makes sense. The only way it makes sense if they have a ladder match, and then whoever goes up to grab the belt, they both grab each belt, like double champion. Oh, no, there should not be no. Listen, it was. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Freaking match with Cody. So why the hell is he still walking around? Like, Cody's not even in the company no more. Damn it. it is in loving memory of Cody. There you go. When he comes back with Ring <laughs> of Honor, he's going to take that belt. A reminder. <laughs> well, yeah, when Cody comes back, he's coming back. And put, he's taking one of those belts. <laughs> in anyway, we'll move on to Rampage, February 18th. Adam Cole beat 10. Uh, powerhouse ups, upset Dante Martin. I mean, I say upset, even though he's twice the size of him. It's going to be a big man, a ladder match. Uh, I loved Jade Cargill's attire as well. Um <laughs> Which was just something else. Angelica took a risk accepting Serena D's five-minute challenge. D made short work with its exquisite submission. And in the main event, JYAW in-ring debut versus Trent. Uh, this was a really fun main event. I think Jay looked like a main event. Ask, um, Gina, I'll ask you, actually, because with Jay White, you're not as accustomed to him as maybe some others here. What did you think of him on Rampage? I mean, I really enjoyed that match. It was really insightful to see. I am going to be a total noob here in saying I was watching Rampage speaking with Jaxi on we on the PlayStation chat, and I I kept calling him Adam Cole, not Jay White, because for some reason I just thought he looked like Adam Cole. I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't him, but I just kept saying Adam Cole, and she kept saying, "You mean Jay White." You're talking about Jay White. He's the one who's wrestling right now. So, um, yeah, it's just to take some getting used to seeing him around. But I was really excited to see that, um, him fresh and new because I hadn't seen him in any matches before. Uh, yeah, it was really fun to watch. Adam, yeah. His name is Adam J. White Cole. Adam J. White Cole Page. That's, that's what we're going to Oh, my call. goodness. All that work he did on his body and he, he gets mistaken – <laughs> oh, you saying Adam Cole's not got a nice body? Is that what you're saying, Monty? He's, he's not. He's not ripped like Jay White. Come on, man. Jay White is like he shows off his abs purposefully all the time. I'm <laughs> definitely saying. I'm just saying. Jay White's body guy. If that's the case, Cesar Bononi should be fighting for a championship because he's in great shape. Don't get me started on that. When I saw what he did with Ward, like, oh my god. Gonna get on Don't get me started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll move on. To get his ass like <laughs> Next Dynamite, February 23rd. Uh, we saw uh, the top tag teams battling for the right to advance to Revolution. The challenge, we have teams involved. Gun Club, FTR, Carla Riley, Bobby Fish, to my own Young Bucks, Butcher and the Blade, Best Friends, the Panel Tees, Private Party, and the Dark Order. We're called the Tag Champs watching from the stage. Uh, we left with individuals from six different teams. Matt Jackson and O'Reilly eliminated Santana and Beretta, putting an end to their championship aspirations. With Jackson, O'Reilly, Silverman, Dax left. The crowd came alive with chance of Johnny Hungy, obviously favoring a jacked-up underdog. They previously eliminated Fish, assisted O'Reilly eliminating Harlowood. Jackson and O'Reilly double-teamed Silver, dumping the floor. O'Reilly quickly played Jackson, sent him to the floor, and punching both he and Fish's ticket 
to Revolution. And after the match, Page hit the ring lane to evict his retaliation for the quarterback last week. The Bucks walked out refusing to help O'Reilly and Fish. And Nicole hit the ring, quickly found himself in peril. His buddy saved him. The Bucks watched on. Silver sent O'Reilly back in the ring to eat a buckshot lariat. Uh, I mean, this was good, but how good can Battle Royals be? Jaxie, what did you think of the opener? Um, it, it was actually a really great uh, Battle Royale, in my opinion, for the team featured. And I say that because obviously we got a picture in picture at one point. Um, and it seems to me that from what I could make out from the small picture was that we, ha- we got their country and, and they were quickly eliminated same with brian pillman jr and uh griff garrison so that that at times i think they were just like you know not the relevant spots to be having people come out but i mean that's timing wise is is, it can't be helped um overall though i thought it was great can we just actually give it up for the return of darius so that we now finally have top flight i am so excited to see top flight go further than than what they had the chance to do before he got injured. Um, I thought he, you know, was given, I think they booked it well in terms of giving him a bit of a of the limelight because Dante has done so well, uh, you know, sort of uh, solidifying his character and his, his stance in AEW that I felt like we were giving Darius the chance to do the same. And he went hard. He went in there and he was like, I need to show everyone what I can do. And he did it. He stood up against the Young Bucks at the end, and I think that that there were some really great moments between them that made me very excited to see Top Flight versus the Young Bucks at a later stage. Um, I just thought overall this was a really good showcase of the amount of talent that AEW have in in terms of their tag teams. And when you do actually compare it to the, the tag team stature of WWE, it really puts WWE to shame because they have so many talented uh, tag teams that you could just, you could probably guess from a whole bunch as to who could have gone on into the, uh, the Revolution tag match, and you wouldn't have even said, "Yeah, I can, I, I, I can imagine them to not become champions." There's so much talent there, so yeah, it left me really excited to see who was going to join. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but I think you're talking about the battle royal that happened the week. Oh, like I said, that's that's AEW's oh, fault. No, Why no. have two Why battle royals? <laughs> Why have what two tag you... battle rules? Like it's a triple threat. Oh, I'm so yeah, this sorry. is a big dragon. I'm so confused. <laughs> this is a normal <laughs> battle royal. I am royal so sorry, before guys. Before they had the <laughs> casino battle royal. I got so like. She was happy. I am so sorry. No, it's fine. She was happy. <laughs> well, I'll see okay, what well, you thought of that in a bit. It's fine. Well, we got. We move on to MJF. Yeah, come back. We got MJF's promo. Talks about his childhood traumas, meeting Punk at a signing, onto the pay-per-view match. He swore he would not quit, no matter how bad he was beaten with a steel chain in the dog-collar match. Punk made his way to the ring and asked MJF if his promo was real. The response, the walkout, drew uh, booze from sceptical audience. MJF went away. So he can do a face promo. And then we get the Knights of the Black Thrones, Malachi Black and Brody King, make their way for a showdown with Pac and Penta El Zero Miedo and El Penta Oscuro uh, entering the ring, rising there. And I've got to say, Alex Abahentes was fucking loving life. I will say, I mean, Gina, do you know when you see Alex coming out in the hood and go, Penta says, you know who he's loving it. 
I actually said to Jaxie as soon as he came out, I was like, I'm all for this. I'm 100% back in Alex and whatever he's doing right now. He gives everything with like a thousand percent. So I was I was so excited for him. You could just see how how much fun he was having with it. So, yeah, fair play to Alex. It really, really was. Really <laughs> he was loving it. A Penta scored a pinfall victory over Black, which again is considered an upset. And afterwards, King overwhelmed the victors, slamming them up, and threats damaging with a shovel. The lights went off, and when they came back on, Buddy Murph Matthews, sorry, not Buddy Murph, I'm going to get sued. Buddy yeah, Matthews yeah. made his AWW <laughs> Black Bechdel, remembering who was that left him with a damaged right eye. Yes, AW actually doing WB Store Alliance. That's how bad WB Creative were. Matthews obliterated Pack <laughs> and Penta wiped him out. And his latest member of the Suddenly Stronger House of Black was there. Uh, Monty, we were huge fans of Buddy Matthews, of course. It's it's only a good thing he's in AW mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's always great when a talent like his uh, on the platform that he deserved because he just, yeah, it was to the point where he wasn't even just getting booked, <laughs> you know, many times in his, in his run. So, and we all know what he was capable of, whether when he was a cruiserweight or whether it was with self, you know, like you said, uh, uh, I, I the whole eye thing, I forgot all about that, honestly, myself, but I liked how they put the bow on it in this situation. Like you said, kind of did WWE's job for him. Uh, with the little nod to it, which they've done that before, even with the Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole kind of hinted at their past. So, like, they're doing, they do a really good job with that, uh, of that. Uh, because, you know, again, they AW views their fans as in on the show also. So, they don't, they do a good job of trying not to tie up any loose ends because they know people who watch WWE watch their show and they know people who watch, you know, vice versa. You know what I mean? So, they, uh, they understand what to do in that regard. And I thought this was cool. It was a nice moment. I wasn't really shocked. I kind of knew it because if there's one thing I know about Buddy Matthews is that he is very confused on what he want to do when it comes to like joining <laughs> with people and, and, and uh, not and like turning on them. So like, I'm not surprised that he kind of, it was a swear, but not really that he joined uh, Malachi here because again, he kind of liked, it seemed like he liked the, the abuse, like former enemies being his partners or people who haven't treated him the best. Don't get me, now that I think about it, a lot of bad memories with uh, Ray Mysterio's daughter popping back up in my, my mind. So we can just go, we can move on from this. Relating uh, relating yes. to Buddy nah, and not yourself, I'm, Monty. I'm, I'm, I will just, just say that. I'm talking about Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 first of all, she in my age range, first of all. <laughs> I just want to, I don't want to be the next <laughs> I'm young, but. The next new no, story I, is, I'm not thinking Monty about is this, not though. here because of uh, Ray Mysterio's talks that would not. Would not look good. See, I shouldn't right. have even brought it up, no, but I'm just saying. It's fine. It, we're, we we're do we forget it. about that? <laughs> we move, move on. Um, we all thought, I think, watching this as well with the House of Black. Hurry up, Phoenix, come back, and let's have, like we said, uh, Death Triangle true. versus the House That's of Black. That's very true. You know? uh, we move on. We got Kingston and Jericho promo where Kingston told his rival to bring the Jericho. That was the first world champion that turned WCW upside down and pissed off the Vec. Oh, he said Triple H's name. Uh, Jericho was quite good here, though. Um, AEW is not sports entertainment, but let's have two video segments in Dynamite as well. <laughs> uh, the face of Revolution ladder match qualifier. Uh, of course, Ricky Starks uh, in action. Uh, and Starks got the win here. I mean, the crowd were pretty flat, but Gina 
What do you think of Starks qualifying for the Face of Revolution ladder match? I mean, I know I'm a massive fan of Ricky Starks, but I honestly wasn't expecting it. I was actually expecting him to lose that match because Will Hobbs from his faction is already in that match. So I actually went into this match knowing, oh, Ricky's going to lose, but it's fine because Will Hobbs is in the match. So I was really surprised to see him win. I mean, I'm happy with it. It gets to, it means I get to see him in that match, you know. Um, but I, I wasn't expecting it. And I enjoyed the match as well. So it was a good match. I'm glad you're supporting him. Uh, we get a TBS championship match. Jay Cargo versus the Bunny. Did Eddie see this? Jay forgetting to kick out at one point. The referee didn't bother making the count. It happened in picture in picture. I think even JR was saying, oh, I don't think she might have been miles away. What would have happened there for her to forget to get the shoulder up? Was she daydreaming? Like, it's really weird. I know she's green, but um, we saw her counting down the rabbit hole with Jade for the win. The successful title defence, Tay Conte emerged afterwards when she found herself built down and a Jay rushed the rings. Um, Jay is 28-0, but she needs talent to carry her, which obviously the bunny couldn't. Anna Jay probably can. I'm not sure about Tay. Would that be uh, fair to say, um, Jaxie, when it comes to Jay Cargill? I mean, right now, I, I, I can imagine who is going to be that that can topple over Jade. She's on a real streak, and I, I think she's hot right now. She, it, I, I don't think that there has been a talent that's come in and made this much of a statement right now, and Jade is just doing everything right, apart from that one slip that I never saw, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I never saw that. Uh, probably best. Um, but do I have much faith as to whether or not Ty can beat um, Jade? I'm not sure. I, I feel like uh, I feel like she need Jade needs some form of feud to kind of continue on this title reign that she's got. Um, you know, uh, so that we can start to believe that there is someone capable out there of beating her. But I don't think Ty's had the right build up in order to successfully be able to take someone like Jade down. She's a real powerhouse right now. Mm. Um, I'm loving everything that she's doing, though. Um, so I'm not really sure as well whether or not I want her streak to be ending by uh, by, by someone like Ty right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I would agree. It would be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure she'll get to 50 and 0, but it would be interesting to see. Much like Britt Baker as well. The fact we've got two really strong women heel champions now and we need the faces to build momentum to be able to challenge and win to become a big pop, much like Paige did with, of course, Omega. And then the week's main event, Brian Danielson squared off one-on-one with a man he claims she stands side-by-side with, uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, Danielson counted a dragon screw and stomped to the face of the opponent. A triangle sleeper followed and Garcia passed out. The victory, as you can see, was violent enough. 2.0's Matt Jeff Parker attacked until he actually made a save. Garcia teased using a steel chair, but Danson stopped him and dropped him with a power arm shift. Danson chair in hand challenged Moxie to a match at Revolution. Don't be surprised if you're the only person bleeding, he said before coming face to face with the former world champion. Now, Ultimate One, I'll ask you what you think about the match, but I don't know. I maybe would have had a more exciting main event and matches throughout. I mean, this is, you know, the debate would be young guys, you know, like on Strong or New Japan, young guys fight young guys rather than talent because they have to earn the right. 
or am I wrong here and I just get used to what I'm seeing on Dynamite? Well, well, listen, that match between Daniel Garcia uh, um, and Brian Danielson, that was right there in New Japan-style wrestling. You know, um, you got a young guy who's been wrestling probably, what, three or four years, and he's probably going to be the next Zack Sabre Jr. for the way he wrestles. I mean, he's getting a lot of compliments from another promote, a lot of other promotions. And I think it was a good match. I mean, I, I think it was a good main event. I mean, they gave, they're giving the young stars that they're building – right now in AEW, to go in there with a guy who's a legend like Brian Danielson. Um, and I think it was, a, it was I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people expected a better main event, but, you know, once in a while you're going to have stuff like that. And I think they delivered. To me, honestly, they did deliver, you know, uh, um, again, Daniel Garcia, he's going to go places. That guy, he, he has a great future. And, and their match between them, them two, it was that style that, Japanese, uh, New Japan style, strong style wrestling. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I had no problem with that. No, no, so it's good stuff. Maybe, you know, a bit uh, a more well-known name. But then again, you can't build talent without having put in position. It's kind of maybe a difficult situation they got. And then Rampage, February 25th, the TNT Championship, Sammy Guevara versus Andrade. And we did mention this a couple of months ago, but Rampage is just like, fuck entrances. Let's just get straight into it. No mucking around. And they did. Uh, we see Matt Hardy removing one of the turnbuckle pads while Andrade had the referee distracted. Uh, Widalo tried to hit a DDT from the top rope, but Guevara tripped him. And he hit the Spurs turnbuckle on the way down. Guevara went to the open and hit the springboard cutter for the win to retain his championship. And Sting and Darby helped clear out AHFO afterwards. Um, I don't know about you, Monty, but I'd rather have this as a pay-per-view match. There was some real good stuff here. Yes, I, I agree. This is a definitely pay-per-view level competition here but from both guys. Like, they, they both shine. Like, oh, my God, some of the stuff that Sammy is willing to do and just how good these styles, them styles mesh well together also. It's just, But, like, I I, I, I just got to say, overall, to say what you want about Sammy Guevara, this is so far a really, really impressive TNT title run. He's on, like, He's defending it. All the time, and this was just a top-notch level match that I really enjoyed all the way through. And it's just like uh, the great moment I knew. And this is what this is what I feel. I told you guys how I feel about the Matt Hardy family office or the Andrade Matt Hardy family office. And as soon as Matt Hardy did something, had something to do with this match, I already knew it was just going to end up costing Andrade because that's just the type of bad luck this whole family office angle is all together. I just really can't wait till they split this up and something else happens or whatever, but either way it go, I'm, I, I've said that many times. This was really, really good, and I'm glad Andrade got a chance to, you know, do this what, in a on a in a title match, because, like, this is his first title match, and it was a one-on-one match. Like, it was, like you said, they went right into the action. It was, I think it was paced really well. It, I can't, you know, this was really, really good, man. I enjoyed it, and I, I, I'm looking forward to more because, like, I, I you know, these guys brought it in the ring, and you can't help but only want to see them do that again. <laughs> Without a doubt. Well, we see Wardlow killing Nick Comoroso, but he did pop a fight. And as soon as she entered the ring, Deeb took out Kayla Sparks with a clothesline using a robe as a weapon and stretching her with illegal submission. And after punish for a minute, Deeb applied his serenity lock for the win. But this was a big night for Kayla Sparks. 
because she did appear on Rampage, of course, losing to Diva, we just spoke about. But she was on SmackDown as well, on the Los Lotharios Kiss Cam, getting kissed by those two studs. So, yes, again, in history, there is a person on an AEW show and WWE on the same night. Uh, we then have a short contract signing with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Um, Jaxie, I'll say this to you because you and I have probably got this common ground of women's wrestling in AEW. This match should be treated bigger. We touched on it earlier with Monty. That contract signing should have been on Dynamite and it was just like a five or ten minute segment on Rampage. It's not right. This match should be treated bigger. Yeah, um, so I, I I do have to agree with that um, to a certain extent. I do think that something like contract signing should be um, on something like Dynamite, where not only does it have you know two hours a two hour slot, um, allowing for more wrestling to be on a one hour slot on Rampage, but this should have been treated more as a bigger deal. Like you wouldn't have uh, Hangman Adam Page signing his contract on on like a nothing other than um dynamite um and you know for me this is actually one of my more anticipated matches i love both these women but i also loved their unsanctioned match i i'm excited and eager to see this it hasn't had necessarily the best of build-ups but anyone who's been a fan of their previous content is kind of ready to see a round three between uh both brit and thunder rosa and if they were trying to actually make it a big deal they didn't really do it justice by having it by not having it showcased on Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about WWE, and you know, one usually will, but the women are main event in WrestleMania for a third time this year, which is WWE's biggest event. And I think it just shows you still the kind of differences in uh, each company. But like I said, it's not like the talent's not there. It's not like we haven't got um, on Dynamite and Rampage, assuming it with Deeb and Cargill. But we just need more time, you know, just more time for to bring the stories to develop. Um, yeah. Yeah. We then get the face of the Revolution ladder match, which is Anthony Bones versus Orange Cassidy. After a rap battle, words to your mother had me spitting my drink out at that point with Orange Cassidy. Uh, Dan Housen decided to keep Case from attacking Cassidy. This led to OC hitting the Orange Punch for the win to earn a spot in the ladder match. Uh, I thought this was good stuff. Uh, I quite like Orange Cassie and Dan Housen. Gina, what do you think of these type of characters? Because I think sometimes uh, maybe construed as comedy characters, but I quite like Orange Cassie and Dan Housen. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I really like Orange Cassidy when he first came into it as well. I, I was quite, I questioned his, how good he was as a wrestler, first of all, but he quickly put sort of me um, down with that. So I I really did, do still like uh, Orange Cassidy. I don't know Dan Housen from before he joined. So for me, I am kind of looking at him like, oh, he's a bit silly. But I don't know. I think like because I know I know that he's popular with like everybody else and everyone seems to like his stuff. I, I'm inclined to like him, but there's not really much that I'm like impressed by yeah. him. By if that makes sense. No, I think that's, that's, that's like I said, it's. It's a question of some characters can, you know, funny equals money. And Orange Cassidy, I think he's got enough in him. It's like Dan Housen as well. But there's some people that just completely kind of will reject him from the off. Uh, but that was Rampage. We move on to the last Dynamite. And as we spoke about Tony Khan's announcement, um, <laughs> the only thing that annoys me about it is it would be another hour of TV. I would have 
You know, <laughs> I'm going to have to try and fit. I'm going to be like, how am I going to fit in another? That's why I've not gone to NWA or anything at yet. But it will be interesting <laughs> to see what they do. Um, and following Khan's on-air announcement, there was a true ring of honor throwback as Brian Danielson fought Christopher Daniels in Dynamite's opening match. Both men competed in Ring of Honor's first ever main event, a throughway also featuring Low Key, which is actually 20 years and a week ago at the era of Honor Begins. And the veteran competitors put on a wrestling reminding fans of the ring ring style that helped revolutionise Ring of Honor in the first place. Danielson predictably scored the win using a triangle choke to put Danielson out. And after the match, he vowed to stomp Moxley's head at Revolution. He proceeded to do the same with the Fallen Angel. Moxley hit the ring and cut a promo the American Dragon ahead of the match Saturday. Um, oh, one, what did you think of this? Like I said, uh, traditional ring of honor there. Danielson at his best. And, of course, heading to face Moxley at Revolution. Well, I mean, we talk about this week's uh, Dynamite. I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um... This was a great way to start the show, especially with the fact that Tony Khan had just announced that he had just purchased Ring of Honor. And then on the 20th anniversary of the first match ever to happen in Ring of Honor between Danielson and, um, and Christopher Daniels. I mean, it was perfect. I mean, I mean, we knew that Danielson was going to win, but it, it was to me it was like more of a flashback from back in the days when I saw them wrestle their first match. At Ring of Honor, so it was cool. I mean, we 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 knew, like I said, we knew that Daniels um, wasn't going to win, but it, it it's it's a great way to to make it look now that he um, that Brian Danielson and Moxley, we don't know what we're going to get because you know Moxley is a more of a brawler, Danielson, you know he he wrestles a, a certain way where you know he could beat you in twenty thousand ways. So it's a good setup. And it kind of shows that you know what, uh, what what to expect. Because in reality, we don't know what's gonna what we're gonna expect between those two. I mean, I'm, hopefully it's a classic match. But seeing Daniels and Danielson start off um, dynamite, it, it did brought me back a lot of memories. So you know, it, it was worth it. I think it, it was a great way to do it. I mean, he just announced they purchased Ring of Honor. Yeah, I said it was really nice touch. And believe it or not, Chris for Daniels, it was his first match in AEW for ten months. Uh, so yeah. a very long time there. And then we had the third and final spot in the three-way dance for the AEW Tag Team Championship in the Tag Team Casino of Battle Royale. We had the acclaimed top flight, of course, like we said earlier, Darius Martin making his comeback after a year out. Uh, FTR, Butcher and a Blade, uh, Best Friends, Satana Ortiz, Dark Order, Times 2, the Young Bucks, Rowan them, F&P, Avalon, Gun Club, Brock Anson, Lee Johnson, and 2.0. Uh, and like you said, Jackson, when it came down to uh, the Bucks uh, versus Martin and a really great exchange there. But the Bucks coming out on top, thanks to Red Dragon. Um, one of the funny things with the claim coming out, mentioned Glenn Jacobs as well, actually. But this was a long match. Like, I was glad we weren't getting something like this on a pay-per-view. Because <laughs> sometimes... Yeah, it, 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 was, it was longer. It was longer. Than the last uh, the the last week's um, uh, battle royal. This one was a little longer, but it gave time, like uh, like like Gina said, and uh, and I think Doxy also said it gave time to Darius. It gave Darius a chance to show off his skills. You know, he's been out for what almost a year, so it gave him time to you know to actually show that he's you know he's back 
at 100%. And Top Flight is a team to watch in AEW now. Yeah, without that, we'll be seeing Punk make his way to the ring. He addressed the MJF promo from last week. He went back and forth himself, questioning if he was a good guy or a bad guy when he looked in the mirror. He said he, you know, he, suffered, he attacked Dean Malenko whilst uh, suffering Parkinson. MGF had uh, had a guy at Brian Pillman and everything like this as well. He extended his hand to MGF, who made his way out, who embraced in a hug. Uh, the moment lasted just seconds. A low blow from a chorus of blues, a heat seeker, and then Wardlow Shaw Spears came out, producing a dog collar, and Punk was bloody and beaten. What a blade job it was from CM Punk, with Punk hanging from the dog collar, and MGF then recalling a promo that CM Punk had done in Ring of Honor uh, about 16 years previously as well, about saying the greatest trick the devil ever pulled, making the world think he didn't exist. Um, this was really good stuff. My only complaint, and I don't know what you think, Monty, is maybe this should have done a bit a few weeks prior for the pay-per-view, because at the moment we know we're getting Punk v MJF. If they'd done this four or five weeks previously, we might have thought MJF is actually turning at this point and the impact would have been bigger. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I can understand that, you know, or possibly doing it like the night he announced it instead of running it away that same night. You you know, you have you leave a message like this, you know what I'm saying, when he announced that it would be a dog collar match. Like, that, that also could have made some, a little bit more sense. But honestly... Uh, I, I didn't mind this. Like I, I expected it. Even when he gave the the promo, I was just like, he has been the most unredeemable MJF. I'm talking about has been the most unredeemable. Like heel, like just un, you can't redeem MJF much at all. You know what I mean? For anything he's done in AEW, so I didn't really believe him. Even if he did muster up some tears and did give great, you know, emotion in that promo, so. When the hug happened, I was just I was just waiting on. It. I think it was just all a matter of time. So did that kind of take away from the effect of it? Maybe, but no, I think he executed it still perfectly. I like where we were going. Like I said, even when AEW a few uh, like in January a few weeks back wasn't really the most interesting stuff to me. Uh, this feud was one of the reasons why I kept my eye on what was going on, and like it kept me going. So I, I'm ready for the payoff for the final chapter. I'm not sure how it's going to play out. But I thought this did a really good job of setting the tone for what is it going to be. Like you said, that bloody, the imagery there. You know what I mean? It's going to be a moment for a long time to come. You can always, you get, like you said, AEW don't have much of a history, but you can, you can throw this in their video packages of the future, like the imagery of that, because it was an impactful uh, like moment in my opinion. But uh, like you said, the timing of it, yeah, that could be debated. But uh, I think it still set us up fine going into Revolution. All right, Dad. Uh, I- I- the funny I thing is, as well, coming out with white T-shirts and people wondering, why are they wearing white T-shirts? Right. Well, it's obviously right. showing the red better and the blood and having an effect more. Go on up with one. You, you, you see that the hole he had on his head from that ring shot? That was a bad, deep cut. It was a hole in his face. Yeah, man. That yeah. was coming down hard. But, you know, uh, and it's true. I agree with Monty. They should have done that a couple of weeks ago. They kind of like stalled it for a couple of weeks. And whatnot. The minute I think he announced he announced that dog collar thing, they should have done something like that. You know? Yeah, I think but, so. you know, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Well, we move on. Brett, Brett Breaker and Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rose and Mercedes Martinez. Rosa tagged 
back in late as the action broke down. The top contenders to Baker's title delivered a thunder fire driver for the good doctor and scored the pinfall victory. This felt really rushed. And like we talk about the build, shooting better for the women's title. Wardlow defeating Cesar Benoni uh, after the break. Well, we did see Sean Spears trying to use the chair and Wardlow stopping him. And we had a great moment there. And after the commercial break, MGF said he would allow Wardlow to keep his TNT championship if he wins the face of the Revolution Ladder match. Uh, not that you will win. Wardlow said that he's too busy making sure MGF wins. The Salt of the Earth slapped him across the face and said he'll be out in the streets uh, doing the state's kindness for weakness because it's not AEW who's got a contract. It is MGF with a contract with him. Uh, Wardlow won't take much more. And then the main event was Hangman Adam Page, team with Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and John Seville to battle Adam Cole, Bobby Fish and Carl O'Reilly. We see Reynolds and Cole and the end of the match with Cole winning with the boom. And afterwards, Page making the same. The world champion fend off the hills, but a kick by Fish slowed his momentum. They duct taped him to the ropes. And from there, the champions were forced to watch the hills beat and brutalise Dark Order. Cole Page with a super kick to end the show. Gina, what did you think of the end of Dynamite? Yeah, I think it was really, really exciting. I think it's just kind of, it. even though it wasn't the go-home show because we had Rampage, it technically was the go-home show for, for Dynamite. So I definitely think that it, you know, solidified a lot of the the matches that are going to be happening at Revolution. Um, I do have to put my chime in in saying about the tag match with Britt and um, Jamie versus Thunder Rosa and Mercedes. I did feel like that was quite a, a messy match. It felt like in some at some points they didn't know what spots they should have been in and the timings and stuff. So it it was a shame because I loved I love all four women. I'm really excited about Jamie Hayter and Mercedes having a sort of potential feud in the future as well. But that that match w- was really messy for me. So I'm hoping that they obviously can bring that back that excitement back at the Revolution pay-per-view. But to be honest, I'm still excited following um, Dynamite for the pay-per-view. Nothing's put me off of it. No, I think without a doubt. Then Rampage, like we said, the last event before Revolution March 4th. We start off with Sammy Guevara versus Andrade versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Uh, Guevara hit coast-to-coast dropkick on Andrade and Allen took him out with a suicide dive. He had a stare-down exchange of near falls. Andrade came back in. Nobs got the fin before Guevara hit him with the GTH. Allen threw the champ out of the ring, hit the coffin drop, and Guevara came back with a flying sent on, and he covered Andrade to score to win to retain the TNT title. Like I said, no offence to Hardy and Sting, but this should have been a pay-per-view. Jaxie, what a fucking match this was. It was. It was It was quite a banger, wasn't it? <laughs> um, even, even though Andrade I, hit the pin. I do think that. Yeah, I do think that uh, it's it's just really a series of unfortunate events with Andrade at the moment. Uh, like I'm really excited at every match he's in, but he's not winning at all, is he? <laughs> <laughs> no, no and, and he's on a uh, bit of a, a sound streak. I'm not sure what future plans have for him. I hope it's just because he's not joined the AHL. Sound- Matt Hardy yeah. is such a bad luck at the moment. <laughs> I'm guessing this is going to lead to an eventual feud um, 
but I just don't want to see sort of someone like Andrade's uh, sort of career take a hit because of this. And just, you know, I'm saying this because of where is Miro? Yeah. We have not seen him so. in quite some time. So I just really worry that, you know, this, this sort of same thing could happen to the likes of Andrade, which I do not want happening. So it, it does kind of leave you... It was an exciting match, don't get me wrong, but it does leave you wondering, like, what's next for Andrade? Yeah, I think without a doubt. And I've had a go at Sammy Guevara in the past for not being consistent or wrestling <laughs> consistency. And this is the seventh title defence from him. Uh, so fair play there. Like I said, what an extraordinary way to start the show. And up next, uh, we saw Eric Redbeard making his return, making his presence known during a segment. We saw Death Triangle calling out long-term rivals, the House of Black, uh, subsidy squaring off. He made a crowd pop in return, proceeded to clear the ring alongside Penta and Pack. Scaring off Black, King and Matthews and saying that they're going to go to war with House of Black on the Revolution Buying Show on Sunday night. Monty, what do you reckon of that then? Who's going into buying? I don't hear the last The the House of Black uh, versus Death Triangle. So it will be Penta, Pac and Eric Redbeard going against, obviously. Got you. Okay, yeah, okay, now, okay, got you. Reach on my red beard debut. So, yeah, uh, no, I, it's the last minute of, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how long they had this plan, because, like, you know, I don't know the relationship that red beard has with the Death Triangle, but, hey, I don't have, I didn't have a problem with this, you know, this was still cool, and I think the match itself would be fun, and going right into the buy-in, is, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I think House of Black Man has, a bright future if, if you know, booked correctly going forward. So I just think um, this is a cool little first step in this journey with whatever they have going on. And uh, the Death Triangle is, uh, are, you know, we know what they can do in the ring. And adding Redbeard don't seem to take away from anything. So, you know, I, you know again, seems kind of last minute because, like, I don't really understand. Maybe it's a relationship I don't know about here. But, yeah, uh, I don't mind it. I don't think it's going to take away from anything. No, it's it a bit it's a bit weird what they did, but I guess with Phoenix, uh, FedEx not being fully fit. Right, of course, we understand know. who would really be there. Yeah, yeah who would normally co- be there. We have to continue the story. Then we get J.D. Drake versus Keith Lee. Lee caught Drake in a crossbody and powered him onto his shoulders for a huge power slam to get the win. The women came to attack Lee, but he fought off the group with ease. I'm surprised Drake got that much offense in, but Keith's got four days. And then we see Leela Gray, had a chance to take the press of five-minute challenge and seems to have a different strategy than her predecessors. She would run like fuck. But unfortunately, Deeb did catch her, locked her in a front face lock for the submission, and she returned and whipped the ass, the leg, the head, the body of Deeb with the kendo stick. Uh, this was very good shit indeed. And then finally, two Canadians from Ontario did battle in Orlando in this week's main event. For the final spot in the face of a revolution ladder match, Christian versus Ethan Page. Both men were working hard to get the win, but when the dust settled, it was Cage who scored the victory to earn his spot in a ladder match. And incredibly, we talked about a couple of them uh, earlier about Christopher Daniels and of course Martin as well, but Christian, this is Christian's first singles match in AEW since losing to Kenny Omega at the pay-per-view last year. That's how long it's been. <laughs> but again... <laughs> I, I, I don't get. I don't get why. Why would they give Christian Cage this match when a guy like you said 
he hasn't wrestled since he lost the match. I thought he hasn't wrestled since he lost to Josh Alexander. That was the last time he wrestled. So it's been since October he hasn't wrestled. I think he had, for, a, he had a six-man on pay-per-view in the last AEW pay-per-view. But like you said, for a singles match, I think you actually might be right with Alexander and even before Yeah, that was that. the last one. Yeah. So he, uh, for them to give it to him, I, I just that part is just confusing to me. Maybe they need some star power. But Ethan Page, why you don't put him in there? I mean, that'd be perfect. So I, 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 don't, I don't know where they're going with that. But, uh, you know, the, the people they got in there um, – it's, it's, it's going to be something. Uh, it, I have an idea who's going to win it, who may win it, but we'll talk about that on the on the, on the uh, predictions. Well, like I said, what better way, then, to start the predictions? We just had a look at Dynamite and Rampage. We're going to run through the card and give a prediction. I'm going to try and go round in a circle as best I can. And we're going to start off, then, with Penta, El Zero Miedo, Pac, and Eric Redbeard versus a House of Black. In the buy-in. And Monty, I'll start with you, seeing as you're... Well, at this moment in time, I should explain. Of course, we've got the prediction leagues, but we have got different prediction leagues. We've got the WWE one, we've got the bonus points, and to start the AEW one. And what the leagues basically mean, if you win that, you'll get points at the end of the year as well to help. I need all the help we can at the moment. Monty, you're the lead with WWE ones. So what are you going to say for uh, this match to start us off? Yeah, uh, even with the addition of the red beard, that's kind of making me think like, oh, okay, man, you know. But I'm probably gonna go with House of Black here. I think they did not, not, not just for any particular reason. I think it's gonna be fun, you know, a nice way they, you know, they do a really good job at AEW with the buy-ins of getting the crowd ready and all this. So I think this match is definitely gonna fulfill their role easily. And but I think a dominant or not necessarily like a, a squash, but like a good, you know, victory for House of Black here would be beneficial for what they want to do going forward. So I just think that's the smartest move to make. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I'm going to say House of Black as well. Uh, Ultimate One, where are you going? I'm going with House of Black and uh, and Redbeard turning on the Death Triangle and leaving with House of Black. Well, that would be interesting until... Uh, oh, nice tweet. Jack, see what uh-huh. you're saying. Yeah, I'm going with House of Black on this as well. And last but by no means least, Gina, who are you saying? Yeah, I'm also going House of Black. Well, starting predictions. Uh, we got up next in the bind, Statlander <laughs> versus Hirsch. Uh, Gina, you were last, so I'll let you go first here. Chris Statlander versus Layla Hirsch. Who are you going for? Uh, I want to say it's Chris Statlander because I do think that she probably is more of the higher status between the two. But I do think that Layla's going to get the win this time. So I'm going to go with Layla. Layla. Jaxie, do you agree? Yeah, I'm going to go with Layla on this. I feel like she's... uh, I feel like uh, it's just kind of her time, really. So I'm going to go with that. Monty? Go on, Statlander here. Uh, I don't really have a good reason why. It was just in their promo... They, uh, I don't. They kind of, They they confused me at one point in the, in the little video package, the last recent one that I saw about what Statlander actually said about her. But either way it goes, uh, I just I don't know. I think Statlander wins. She said you're gonna see a side you never seen before. Uh, so I don't know why not. Oh, but one. Um, it's gonna be Leila Hurst cheating. 
She's gonna she either put her, her legs on the ropes and she's gonna she's gonna be Chris Delander. It's it's Layla Hurst's time. I, I did think that, but like Monty said, when Chris Statler said, I'm going to show you something you haven't seen before, and she's coming off losing to Baker on the previous paper, I think maybe I'm going to back Statlander in this one. Uh, up next, a nice easy one. Hook versus QT. I'll take this one first, guys. <laughs> I'm going to say, hmm, who am I going to go for? Yeah, Hook to win this one. Oh, uh, what one? <laughs> I don't think we got, even got to ask no, anyone here. Is, who I got to go for Hook? Is anybody going to go hook. for Hook? Send <laughs> Hook. If this wasn't a prediction league, I'd do it. I mean, I'm, I'm going take, for I'm Hook. I'm taking this seriously. <laughs> Yeah, Hook. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all going Hook. Hook, man. Hook. Yeah. Come on now. All right, next then, we're going to go for a more difficult one, and that is Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the Women's Championship. We are going to start with Jaxie. Go on. I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa on this. I just feel like it's time to change titles as much as I love Britt, and I, I, I don't think that she's going to be out of the title picture very long. I do think that this is the right time to change hands. Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, and I feel like Jamie Hayter might may end up accidentally... I feel like Jamie Hayter may accidentally cost her the match like by trying to prevent stuff. So I, I feel like there's going to be some sort of tomfoolery and it's going to involve Jamie Hayter that will start to enhance maybe the, a feud between Brett and Jamie going forward. So that's my prediction. That's fair enough. Monty, who you saying? Yeah, I gotta agree. I'm going with uh, Thunder Rosa. It's just I think it's time. You know, I, I don't think it's anyone better to hand this hand the championship off to. I think the, uh, she, Britt Baker is one of those characters also who don't really need the championship. Like she's she's over. She's gonna be Britt Baker. She's gonna be DMD. You know, uh, so like she don't need it. Even though I, we definitely probably will see her as champion again. But I think it's it's just the easy. I think the best decision would be in this situation right here. Revolution, big pay per view. Make the you know this should be the night for Thunder Rose, no matter how it happens. Gina, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going with Thunder Rosa as well. I definitely think it's Thunder Rosa's time, and we all got to remember that she went for the belt uh, a couple a couple months ago, and she lost that, even though it was a great match, and she probably shouldn't have lost it. So I do think it's her time to win it. So I'm going with Thunder Rosa too. And Albert, one, what are you saying? Uh, I'm going to be the only one who's going to say Britt Baker, and I'm going to tell you why. Thunder Rosa pinned Britt Baker this week, right, in a tag team match, right? right. What, happens, what happens when a, when a, when yeah, a, I agree. a, 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 a number one contender pins the world champion in a tag team match? I know. And will win the next match. I'm going for Britt Baker. Old school book. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, that's why I wish the damn man do this They try to make us think something, Okay. So even though that is true, and I did pick up on that, at the same time, I also feel like they're trying to make us think that to throw a curve and show that Thunder Rosa still can do it and still she can be, be Brit. With... Yeah, exactly. Like we all know, we all saw during that tag match that like if Mercedes hadn't taken out both Rebel and Jamie Hayter, then Brit ultimately probably would have won. But the minute that those two were taken out of the equation. Like Thunder Rosa Pinder, and I think that that is the one thing that they're trying to throw us off of. They 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 don't want they want us to think that Thunder Rosa doesn't have a chance. But with this additional ally now of Mercedes Martinez, 
I I definitely see like Rebel or Jamie Heater getting involved, and in comes me, uh, Michelle Martinez. I just feel like they want us to believe that she's not got this because she got the pin. So that's the only reason why I'm sticking with with my gut feeling. The the only thing I'm going off this is they've constantly said Britt Baker can't get the job done without Martinez or Hater or Rebel being there against Thunder Rosa, and I think we're going to see a lot. Of- with them kicked out and then Baker's going to show the world she can actually beat Rosa one on one so I'm going to say Britt Baker on oh sure James James Roller actually agree with me (laughs) but I don't know sound clip this sound (laughs) we'll be able to replay at some point Um, I am going to go Baker up next the AW World Tag Team Championships Drac Express versus Red Dragon versus Young Bucks for me this is quite difficult uh, but I'm going to start with Ultimate One. Where are you going to go with this one? I'm going with Red Dragon. Red Dragon's taking the belt. I think uh, I, I, I might sound crazy, but I think that title ring uh, that the Rats Express has is kind of weak. Um, they should have had those tactic belts years ago, about two years ago. Um, and I'm going with Red Dragon because I know the Young Bucks are not going to get it again. That's for sure. The Red Dragons, I, I'm going with Red Dragon. Uh, Monty, who are you saying? Yeah, uh, I'm going with uh, Jurassic Express to retain here. But the only thing I have is I think they did a perfect little showcase of what I think will probably happen uh, at Revolution is that you saw when they had both belts, you know, uh, you know, recently, the Bucks and uh, Red Dragon obviously are going to go at each other's throats over these. And then, as you've seen, Jungle Boy took advantage. I think that's exactly how they're going to win the match. Jurassic Express retains because Red Dragon and the Young Bucks st- continue to butt heads, get in each other's way, and continue to tell their story that they're obviously telling. Well, well at some point, Adam Cole is probably going to have to make a choice between Red Dragon or the Young Bucks. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's why I've went Jurassic Express as well. I think the Bucks and Red Dragon story is going to continue. The Red Dragon will hold tag titles probably by the end of the year. Uh, but I just see, especially when it's a multi-man match, always gives his champion right. the chance. Uh, Jaxie, who are you saying for this one? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually going to say that Jungle Express retain in this one. I'm gonna. I'm actually thinking very similarly that both Red Dragon and Young Bucks are going to continuously counter and stop the others from getting the pin, and it's just going to build up to a point where they completely forget that Jungle Express are even in this match and they're just going to be taken out from surprise. Um, but I think this will then start escalating and adding to the feud that is yeah. eventually going to become right. unbearable for them to even work with. So I think this, I think that they're going to retain. I can't hear it. Oh. Gina? Yeah, I'm going with Jurassic Express too. Um, I think when Red Dragon do get the belts and they will get them eventually, They'll get them around the same time that um, Adam or shortly after Adam yeah. gets his hand on the title because I'm sure they're going to want to do a similar thing where they hold all the belts at one point. Um, so I think they're going to try and time that more together. But I, again, agree. I, I just see the feud between Red Dragon and Young Bucks having to come out to play first before the, the belts get given to them. But Gina, do you see, like, let me talk about, could it be tonight? where they do pull the trigger with Adam Cole beating Paige and Red Dragon win the titles. It could it conceivably could happen, even though we're saying it's too it, early. That could happen, yeah. I mean, 
I don't think I'm going to be mad if they do it, even if it does feel like it's a bit too early. I think we're all assuming that it is a bit too early for for that to happen. But oh. if they do do it this soon, I, I'm also not going to be that mad about it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens there. All right, our next match then, Jay Cargill versus Tay Conte. And again, I'm going to say, does anybody is not going for um, Jay Cargill in this one? Excellent. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's the J. It's not like a tumbleweed <laughs> flew by. <laughs> Just you can hear the pro. <laughs> all right, up next. Up next, the match that we are all looking forward to. It's Moxley versus Danielson. Uh, I honestly don't know which way this is going to go. But I'll start with you, Armour One. What do you? I mean, this is going to be a brutal match. Uh, which way do you see it going? I think Danielson wins. Danielson wins either outside interference, because remember, I think he's that's what you're probably going to see the young fact, the faction that he talked about Garcia, Yuda, and I believe Moriarty. He's going to introduce that faction um, tonight. I say it right now. They're going to cause Mosley the, the, the match somewhere, somehow, and they're going to, um, he'll probably put that triangle choke on Mosley. And he'll be Moxley. That that's what I'm. That's the way I'm looking at it. Because this whole thing that he wanted to team up with him, and he didn't choose not to team up with him because that we gotta bleed. Oh, blood's gonna be spilled. That's for sure. But I think either one of those guys, either Yuta. I mean, maybe not Yuta because Yuta's part of the best friend, but he's been treated like shit by them. Um, Moriarty. I mean, most likely he'll probably be part of that, and de- definitely Daniel Garcia. You know what I'm saying? Red Death, Daniel Garcia. He's, I could see the, the faction probably being built, introduced at Revolution. So you're going to go Danielson definitely for that one? Yes, I'm going Danielson. The Red Perfect. Jack, I mean. Yeah. Uh, Monty, what about you? Rejoice. We're going to have, it's going to be awesome either way. Like, it doesn't really matter like how it goes. I was racking my brain about how this is going to turn out. I'm picking Moxley just because I'm interested to see if it actually can, if they actually will do go in the teaming up route because they gain respect, do they go that route? Do they become blood feud enemies? Like, I think either way it go, we're going to have a treat here. You know what I mean? And it's yes. going to lead to something great. Or like you said, even your idea, you know, if that's possible, if that's going to happen, I'm interested in it because like we know these two are the best. So whether they're going to end up on the same side or against each other, like, I'm interested to see where it goes either way. Like, this has been one of the best build matches on this card. One of the reasons why I can't wait to see it. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going with Mosley, though, because uh, I'm interested to see, will they team up if he wins, or will it turn into uh, 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 even more, you know, uh, crazy rivalry? You know, but we'll see. Either way it goes, it's going to be great. Jackson? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree and, and say, um, uh, Danielson, I I do believe that, um, either, like you said, uh, Moriarty or most likely Daniel Garcia may either not get involved, but maybe create some form of distraction. Maybe, um, I see this being, uh, I, I, I do like see the outcome being that John Moxley joins and teams up with Danielson. So, I'm going to go with that. Right. So usually uh, when we get to this point, 
it's quite interesting because, you know, we might take other people's answers, we don't take other people's, we all come up with our own predictions. So, Ulmer won, and Jackson gone for Danielson on that one. Monty, you went Moxley. I'm going to say Moxley as well, because I just feel he's going to have a little bit more in the tank. I'm sure we're going to see elbow strikes and blood and beating and stuff like that, but I think Mox will come out on top, but earn a respect from Danielson that will kind of continue there. And the reason I say that is there's two of us that have gone Mox, two have gone Danielson. So, Gina, who are you going to go for in this one? <laughs> Why are you putting me in the middle? <laughs> I don't like this position. Make a choice. <laughs> Which side do you want? Um, I'm I'm actually gonna go with Danielson. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I do feel thank like you. Thank he's you. gonna get his Traitor. point across. Jesus. I think he's gonna get his point across. He already made his it like known that that he wants a faction in place, but he wants that faction in place by his rules and the way he wants to show. He's trying to show all of them what. Like and entice them into this. So for me, I feel like he needs to get this win to get the respect of Mox, and then Mox will will join him. So yes, I'm gonna go with Daniel Bryan. It's interesting. I mean, but they it's they could then tie into that when they eventually want to break them up and be like, right now, Mox is finally gonna beat him. Uh, up next, they can hold off. <laughs> Tornado rules. <laughs> Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Sting versus Matt Hardy, Andrade and Zaya Cassidy. Is anybody going for the hills in this one? <laughs> Excellent. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all on the same page there, be fair to say. All right, we'll move on to a different, uh, harder does, one. Does anyone, does anyone, can I quickly ask, does anyone see Jeff Hardy making an appearance? No, it's too soon, I think. No. Yeah, it's a few days too soon. Unless he want to get sued, I suggest he wait these few days. Oh, is it? Oh, is it not up yet? No, I thought. Yeah. It, I thought his. I think it's the 12th. ninth. Yeah, yeah ninth, March ninth yeah. or whatever. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's not just after, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trust right. me, WWE will sue him. <laughs> yeah, they will. Uh, <laughs> up next, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. This has been a feud that's kind of caught me a little bit. Because, you know, I don't mind Eddie at all. And I think Jericho's work of, you know, he is the guy in AEW. He is the one. You know, AEW wouldn't be where it was today if it wasn't for Chris Jericho. And Eddie Kingston's problem is he can't get the job done. He never wins a big one. Can he tonight? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, Eddie Kingston gets the job done on Chris Jericho. Either it's down to Santana Ortiz or something like this. But I think this is going to be an absolute banger as well. But I'm going to go Eddie. Uh, Ultimate one, what are you saying? Say that again. I'm sorry. What are you going to go for, Jericho versus Kingston? I'm going Eddie Kingston. It's a New York boy. I got I got Eddie Kingston. He's going to prove. <laughs> and the reason is because, again, the storyline is, you know, Eddie Kingston can't win the big one. You know what I'm saying? And the way I'm looking at it now, that Jericho, I think, you know, he knows his career is coming to to the twilight. Now he's going to put people over, and I think this is perfect for you know. Probably for the boring storyline you said about the inner circle, um, you know, to probably then Eddie Kingston probably taking over and managing uh, Satana Ortiz in the future. So I have either Eddie Kingston is going to do something that's going to either he's going to cheat or do something or the Satana Ortiz may cause Jericho the match. But I'm going with Eddie Kingston. Monty, what about you? 
Yeah, I'm going with Kingston too. You know, I think it's just a, I think that's just the right thing to do. I don't under, Jericho doesn't need this victory. You know what I mean? It's one of those situations too where I think Kingston needs it way more than Jericho would in this situation. I just think it'll just be the, the smartest thing to do to give it to Eddie Kingston. He's riding a wave of popularity that's well deserved. And like I and I agree with all the moves with Ortiz and Santana going forward, depending on whatever they, they want to do that, whether it's, uh, like you said, a distraction. The only thing that kind of threw me off, I didn't understand why they dapped Jericho up. Maybe they just setting him up to actually distract him or something. I don't know. That kind of confused me or whatever, but it didn't matter. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see this, but I'm going with Kingston. I just think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Jack C? Yeah, uh, I've, I've been a fan of Kingston right from the very beginning, um, and I just want to see him win. Uh, he's the Mad King for a reason, and I just want to see him just kind of go, go AWOL uh, on on well, not AWOL. Sorry, what's the word? Go um, <laughs> just something in him snap. You know, I just want to see something go snap postal. He wants to go postal. He'll snap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean po- yeah. postal? Yeah. <laughs> she, she said AWOL. That's a good yeah. one. Oh my gosh. Oh, God. Well, thank you for that. That's no, fine. It's fine. We're here um, all day. Yeah, I'm, totally, I'm, totally, I'm totally Team Mad King, so, so let's go for it. All right, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I'm going with Kingston, too. I, I definitely think that they're, like, Jericho is kind of in between a heel and a face at the moment, and I think they're going to try and solidify that by him losing to Kingston. And him just kind of, you know, taking that anger out still and sort of more going down back towards the heel path. And then again, as um, Ultimate One said, you know, I, I feel like he's had enough wins. He's more trying to elevate some of the other stars. And Kingston's just so over at the moment. Everybody just loves him and the crowd is always lit when, when he's out. So I definitely think Kingston's got the win this time. Yeah, I think that is... We've gone Eddie there. And then we've got the dog collar match, CM Punk versus MJF. Uh, Gina, we'll start with you with this one. Uh, which way do you see it going? Well, it's a difficult one because they've built it so well. And it it really can go either way. I don't think that there's like a, a wrong way to take it. I do think MJF is going to get the win, though. I just think that you know he's he's too clever he's always got tricks up up his sleeve when plan a b and c doesn't work he always has a plan d i think mjf is just going to pull something out that's just going to make him even more of a snake and it's going to turn him into a basilisk (laughs) uh i do like that um we have got jacksy up next um is there any chamber of secrets you're hiding in or where are you going to go for punk and mjf (laughs) Um, yeah, I I don't know. This, this is a tough one because of, a lot of people saw Punk winning this first off and then, you know, he, he got pinned twice in the same match with MJF. I, I feel like it's really hard to bet against MJF when he's consistently been on this streak. I can't help it, though. I am going to, like, take a risk and I'm going to go with Punk on this um, matter, but I I don't know if I'm right here. I I I just yeah, I'm gonna go with Punk. I'm not gonna take that take it back. I'm just gonna go you with it. Promise you'll win don't this. Don't ask one. me for my reasoning because yeah, I promise. don't really know. You said you're gonna win this event, right? To make sure <laughs> you're gonna stick with it. Um, I know. <laughs> Monty, what are you saying? 
Yeah, we're gonna see him punt. Uh, uh, even though I, MJF always, I think if MJF do do win, you immediately he has to be fighting the world champion. Like he's like that's it. Leave CM Punk alone, and now he's world championship. Like because like he's beating like that's a big victory. He would be on the streak. I don't see why he'd be the most hated person in AW. He already is that pretty much anyway. I think I don't I don't know anybody else who's more hated right in in the company so consistently. So yeah, uh no, I, I I'm but honestly though, if he does win it, I he needs to be, you know, in the championship. Yeah. But I'm going to see him punk. I just don't see him losing again to him, even if even though I like again, it would make sense and I wouldn't mind it, but like with the dog collar, the blow off stipulation and just the way uh he got left left a bloody mess. Uh, just a classic, great setup for CM Punk to prevail in the end and maybe teach, uh, you know, his little fanboy. Because that's kind of the role that MJF is. He's kind of like a scoring fanboy almost in this storyline. So uh, I think he's going to teach his fanboy a little le- a little lesson here. And uh, I'm going with Punk. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say. Uh, before I give mine, Ultimate One, who are you saying? I mean, I want to go with MJF, but... <laughs> because of what happened, because of what happened um, after Warlow's match where he and just slapped the crap out of Warlow. Yes, I could, I could see, I could see MJF losing that match when he probably asked Warlow to give him the ring and he doesn't give him the ring and crosses him the match. So, I mean, and when Monty said if MJF wins the match, then you automatically got to give him a world title shot because he's being everybody, you know. But because I see the 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 Hangman Page and Adam Cole match, probably may, you know they're probably gonna have another wrestling match after this. Um, I'm gonna go with CM Punk because Warlow is gonna cost MJF the match because of what happened Wednesday. He told him that because I'm too busy making sure you win. Maybe he's not gonna give him the ring and let you know MJ lose that match. I'm going with CM Punk. Yeah, and I would completely agree with you. That was my reason is Wardlow's going to be the defining factor. After the MJF Punk match, we won't be talking about mm. either of these guys. We'll talk about Wardlow uh, turning his back. And then there's no better way of MJF firing him on Dynamite and then Wardlow saying, no, actually, I'm all elite. Here's a contract from Tony Khan and laying him out boom, towards yeah. a pay-per-view match there. Because at this point, why hasn't Tony already signed? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, why, why is MJF calling the shots? Like, maybe maybe Tony maybe t- just kind of very content in letting MJF pay Wardlow instead. I mean, honestly, he, that's a great deal. He been, he got a whole wrestler that he don't even have to pay a full salary. That's why he could afford Ring of Honor exactly. for stuff, stuff like that. Um, anyway, the penultimate, <laughs> the penultimate match of the night, face of a revolution ladder match. I've left it this long because I think this would be very interesting. Uh, we've got Keith Lee, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and, of course, Christian Cage. Uh, we're going to start with the ultimate one here. Who are you gonna, Who's going to be the face of the revolution? Because of what AEW has done, uh, when they bring in new people and what they did with Ruby Soho, when she enters the Casino Royale, she ended up winning. I'm going with Keith Lee. I, I think that AEW is going to try to uh, show WWE, look, we're going to make this guy win it, and then he probably going to end up facing Sammy Guevara down the line or somebody else for the TNT title. 
and may, he'll be probably part of the revolution. I'm going with Keith Lee. I mean, it sounds crazy because the other guys, you got Warlow. I think Warlow, he may not be able to win the thing because, you know, MJF may get involved or something may happen there or Sean Spears. Um, who else is in there? Who else is in there? I forgot. You got Hobbs, you got Starks, you got Cassidy and Christian. Starks, um, I, I hate to say it because I know Gina's a big fan of his. Stark is probably, you know, he may last long, but I don't see him winning it because, you know, he has the FTW belt, which I think AEW should just damn sacks in that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, I mean, I only, the only guy I see there is Keith Lee. Keith Lee's, I mean, I don't see anybody, you know, in there that's going to win it. I have, I have Keith Lee. Yeah, I've have to agree with you. I've gone Keith Lee. I think Wardlow is an excellent shout, but I think with what will happen in the Punk MGF match, I think Lee will be the man to go forward. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Wardlow was the only other person that I even gave a thought to because of, like, you know, if he won, what it could do to him. Could it lead to a few down the line over the TNT title or whatever with MJF? But, like, yeah, I still was like not necessarily thinking about that, especially when you have Keith Lee, what he can do, how they how they intend, you know, like you said, debuting new faces and making them win big matches seem to be uh, a trend with AEW. And I don't think I, why not go with Keith Lee? I just think it's a perfect uh, way to showcase what he can do. And then you put him in the ring with, the, with a guy who's like with a workaholic with Sammy Guevara or whoever is the TNT champion at that time. So. Yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a bad thing letting Keith Lee win this match on his uh, in his first big pay per view. Yeah, about yeah. that, uh, Jackson. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Woodlow on this one. I I just kind of like I I saw it like the other way around where like you know Woodlow could win and then like this continued to escalate because of MJF felt you know maybe maybe betrayed by Woodlow. So he then claims that he wants that title match, you know, um, and this continues to escalate where Wardlow fights for the fact that he's getting it, uh, that match, not MJF. So I'm going to go with Wardlow on this. And Gina? I think Ricky Starks is going to win. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, as excited as I am about him being in this match and being able to see him, uh, he definitely isn't going to win this. Um, I think he's more in there to, to let him and Hobbs can cause a lot of trouble together. Um, uh, I also, th- I, I also think I'm going to go with Wardlow. Um, yeah, I, that was in my mind beforehand that he was going to get this. MJF was going to get a bit jealous, and then that's going to escalate even more into their feud. So I'm going to go with Woodlow. Um, I do want Keith Lee to win, though, as well. So if he does win, I'm not going to be mad. Yeah, if Ricky starts winning, he will never speak to you. So uh, <laughs> that bridge will get to us. It'll be a celebration for, for a month. Starks is going, no. uh, so finally, after all this, like I said, it's a stacked card as well. We're going to have 12 matches. So the pay-per-view is going to be about five hours long as well, which is not a problem. And the main event will be a course for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. It's the Battle of the Adams. It's Adam Page, the champ, versus Adam Cole, baby. Uh, Monty will start with you. You started us off. You can end the predictions. Who do you think will leave Revolution the AEW World Champion? 
I'm going with Hangman returning here. Uh, again, uh, I, I'm going with the mind state that uh, that Hangman gets a chance to not only just would I know this is going to be a great match like in the ring because I just like I I'm familiar like you said with ring with that ring of honor history with Hangman's history in New Japan with Adam Cole like all of the, like, all of the little intricacies that they had going on. So like. I know in the ring that it's gonna they got really good chemistry. Uh but I was really like wondering like would they do this, would they give this to Adam Cole right now? You know, and uh but I, I think maybe again to force Adam Cole to finally make a decision between his friends, something else could happen. Because I know maybe some shenanigans could happen here with Red Dragon and the Bucks possibly coming out. And I think whatever happened, if what I said happened leaks. It, from that tag match into this world title match, Hangman can take advantage with the Dark Order maybe possibly helping out too to clear the clear the area, and then we get a retain from a lariat from a Hangman. That's just the way I see it going, but I don't know. <laughs> Jack, see what about you? Who are you gonna go for in this one? Um, didn't you? Haven't you already done me? Never did you guys for the Cole Adam Page match. Did you oh, say... sorry, sorry, Nicole Adam Page match. Yeah, gonna, gonna, gonna definitely go with Hangman. You're gonna go with Page, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, see, yeah, I don't see him losing the title just yet. Um, I do see that there's, I, I do feel like, you know, there's gonna be a lot of tomfoolery, but I feel like there's gonna be a major distraction from potentially like Young Bucks and Red Dragon coming out and trying to involve themselves and potentially arguing between themselves outside. That's gonna like take the attention away from from hangman page so adam cole's gonna try and like sort that out and then that's when um he's gonna take full advantage and probably eat a buckshot larry and gina who are you gonna go for page versus cole i'm definitely going for for page as well um i i do think cole will get the belt eventually but i just i don't think it's going to be right now and i think that they've got um more that they want to do with um hangman adam page before he loses the belt so i'm gonna go with him yeah i would have to agree with that i mean i've been wanting cole to win and like i said if cole does win i wouldn't be that upset you know and and the other thing in my back of my mind <laughs> is is page is beating omega and if cole can beat page first time or as they say in aw then he will have something to boast about with kenny when omega comes back when we're going to get that feud with him and the bucks versus red dragon and cole but again, I just I think it's too early for Page. Adam Page retains his world title. So ultimate one, you are last. Uh, Page versus Cole. Which way does this end? Oh, this shit is hard. It's hard because I want to go with Adam Page. My side tells me Adam Cole may win it, but then again, I'm going along with what you guys are saying. It's too early. The only the way I could see right now, I'm leading to. The only way I could see Adam Cole not winning it is either Red Dragon comes out to help him, but then the Young Bucks come out and there's a whole confusion and he gets caught with a buckshot lariat. So with that being said, I'm going to go with Adam Page. You know what I'm saying? My gut feeling telling me that Adam Cole may win it, but I'm going to go with Adam Page because I'm going along with the storyline is going on because of the Red Dragon, Young Bucks situation. And then, you know, we don't know where that whole championship is going to end up. I mean, I had Red Dragon winning it. Um, so it's, oof, it's hard. But I'm going to go with Adam Page. 
Well, that's it for predictions then, our final one there. So what an event it will be, all a few different choices. And, of course, you'll find out who wins the predictions when we do our review show. Uh, and I was thinking, like we did with the Royal Rumble, is everybody up for doing it again, maybe like either Tuesday or Wednesday and doing a full review for the pay-per-view as well? I mean, we'll go around. Jack, is that all right? What is it? What? What is he going to do? We're going to try and do the review of the pay-per-view in a couple of days. So, Jaxi, are you up for that? Um, Of course, obviously, I will be there. (laughs) Well, it's always nice to ask. Gina, are you going to be a part of this as well, obviously? Uh, Yeah, I actually had it penciled in for Wednesday. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Monty, what about you? Yeah, man, just let me know. Uh, the ultimate one, if you can make it. But finally, before we go, the countdown to Revolution was on as well, another half-hour uh, show. This was slick, well-produced stuff from AEW. Probably what they do best in making the pay-per-view feel special. And having Taz, Jar, and Tony does add a lot of gravitas to it. But I think that's enough now. I think that's three hours of AEW talk. Like we said, we've got to happening tonight. We have got our prediction set, and that is it. Uh, don't forget across all social media, Twitter at the Dubliner Podcast. I'm at the Dubliner JR. Uh, we'll start with Ultimate One. Plug your stuff and tell where people can find you. Uh, you guys can find me on on uh, um, the audio podcast on Amazon Music, on Spotify, Apple. Um, I also have the YouTube channel, the Chokesland Wrestling Report, which I'm about to do uh, today uh, with my host, uh, Jay DeResanti from Turbocal Tablet. We're going to be talking about the uh, Ring of Honor Purchase and Cody Rhodes. So check that out. And you can find my audio podcast anywhere, any um, major uh, audio podcast. So that's And you can find me also on the Chokeline Wrestling Report on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. Monty, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you, can find, you, you can find me at MindMontyPod on Twitter, you know, channel link three. Uh, I definitely just posted the Mind the Monty, uh, the newest episode of the Mind the Monty podcast where we broke down the first night of the New Japan Cup. You know, I got to keep my eyes on what's going on. It's the biggest New Japan Cup ever. Uh, so I just I broke down the first night. I'm going to continue to keep updating uh, everyone on what's going on and my take on some of the greatest matches. Really loved Okada and Desperado. Got to give them a shot. Shout out for like just one of the best opening uh, New Japan Cup matches I've ever seen. Uh, check that out if you get a chance. But also check out the Mind and Monty Pod on all podcasting platforms that you use. Uh, I am present there, and we we like to have fun. We do a little different stuff there. We talk about all things going on in wrestling and whatever comes to my mind. So check me out, Jaxie. Yeah, you can find me across uh, both Instagram and Twitter at Jackie Scarlett. And Gina, finally. Yeah, same with me. You can find me on Twitter and um, Instagram and at Purple Pain. And I know, obviously, Monty and Elmer want to got their own podcast, but if you ever want to hear, of course, Gina and Jaxie, they are on the Dubliner podcast uh, near enough weekly now as well. But like I said, it's been fantastic to have the entire team on the show and Team WNR on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all the Google platforms, send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, it's clips. 
podcast at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be a review of a revolution. And like I said, if Elton can't join us, it will be Jack C, Gina, Monty, and myself. But the ultimate one will be coming back sooner rather than later. But until then, I have been James Rowlands, and it has been a pleasure. Like we said, we might not always agree, but it makes it worthwhile. So I'd like to thank uh, the ultimate one, Monty, Jaxi, and Gina for all joining me. It's always a pleasure and never ensure. I have been James Rowlands. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy AEW Revolution. Bye. 